Every day, Comcast Business is helping businesses big and small go beyond the expected to do the extraordinary. Because beyond a simple transaction, there is making a customer for life. Comcast Business. Beyond fast. Take your business beyond at ComcastBusiness.com. Hey, everybody. This is X. And uh, I'm flying solo tonight doing the uh, the debate coverage that we've got up there. I've got my fun little fact check sheet that came up. And uh, we're just going to go over the painful, painful fucking debate that was uh, Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton part two. Uh, I'm putting this up because mainly I feel like it, something fucking needs to be said on our end about this stuff because it's just horrible, horrible fucking debate that we listen to. So uh, I've already queued it up to the point where Martha Raddatz and Anderson Cooper are introducing themselves. So here we go. We want to welcome you to Washington University in St. Louis for the second presidential debate, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, sponsored by the Commission on Presidential Debates. Tonight's debate is a town hall format, which gives voters a chance to directly ask the candidates questions. Martha and I will ask follow-up questions, but the night really belongs to the people in this room and to people across the country who have submitted questions online. The people you see on this stage were chosen by the Gallup organization. They are all from the St. Louis area and told Gallup they haven't committed to a candidate. Each really? How the fuck have you not picked out what candidate you're going to vote for yet? I'll, I will, I'll interrupt when I need to interrupt and stop it and everything, but I'm probably just going to end up talking over a lot of these people because just, oh, it's ridiculous. I'm sure all of you have heard the debate so far, so you don't really need to hear all of the things. So, And they're given the rules, of course, the two-minute reply that nobody fucking listens to. That's uh, funny. You'll hear it. Not to slow things down with any applause. Yeah, fuck you guys. Don't you dare applaud. Ladies and gentlemen, the Republican nominee for President Donald J. Trump and the Democratic nominee for President Hillary Clinton. Hey, it's the douche and the turd sandwich. I'm just happy I've had to fact check anybody just yet. Thank you very much for being here. We're going to begin with a uh, question from one of the members in our town hall. Uh, each of you will have two minutes to respond to this question. Secretary Clinton, you won the coin toss, so you'll go first. Our first question comes from Patrice Brock. Thank you, and good evening. The last presidential debate could have been no rated as MA, mature audiences, per TV parental guidelines. Knowing that educators assign viewing the presidential debates as students' homework, do you feel you're a model of appropriate and positive behavior for today's youth? I wonder. I, I didn't go and look up the guidelines for what, what constitutes being a TV MA. I would assume anything that... It, I've watched a lot of MA shows, so language, sex, and violence, and nudity, and stuff like that. I didn't remember hearing any of that on the, the, last, the last debate that we saw, so I don't see where they're coming from. Maybe like TV PG, because you know people are using big, angry words at each other, except Donald, because Let's face it, the man doesn't have nary a thought in his fucking brain. Thank you. Are, are you a teacher? Um, yes, I think that, that that's fell a very flat. good question. That shit's funny, man. I don't I've care what side you're with. i lots of teachers and parents about some of their concerns about some of the things that are being said and done uh, in this campaign. Uh, and I think it is very important for us to make clear to our children that our country really is great because 
You'll hear and that a couple of times this episode where great because we're good. I, other, I don't quite agree with that statement. I don't know why, looking but for ways we'll find out. To celebrate our diversity. And we are going to try to reach out to every boy and girl as well as every adult uh, to bring them in to working on behalf of our country. I have a very positive and optimistic view about what we can do together. That's why the slogan of my campaign is Strong Together. Because I think if we work together, if we overcome the divisiveness that sometimes sets Americans against one another, and instead we make some big goals, and I've set forth some big goals, getting the economy to work oh, yeah, for everyone, big. not just those at the <laughs> top, kidding. making sure that we have the best education system from preschool to college and making it affordable, and so much else. If we set those goals and we go together to try to achieve them, there's nothing, in my opinion, that America can't. So she's talking about doubling the funding for uh, Head Start, Early Start, and Home Visit programs. So uh, pre-K to four-year-olds universal, so everybody has to do stuff like that. Uh, and make public colleges tuition-free for most families. This is from NPR, so I think that's a good thing. We need a more educated voter base, I think. Like religion. I want us to heal our country and bring it together because that's, I think, the best way for us to get the future that our children and our grandchildren deserve. Secretary Clinton, thank you. Mr. Trump, you have two minutes. Well, I actually agree with that. I agree with everything she said. Except. I began this campaign <laughs> Here because we go. I was so tired of seeing such foolish things happen to our country. This is a great country. This is a great land. Beer number one. I know the people of the country over the last year and a half that I've been doing this as a politician. I not believe I'm saying that about myself, but I guess I have been a politician. For and a while, dude. You've been a politician for quite a while. Is to make America great again. When I watch the deals being made, when I watch what's happening with some horrible things like Obamacare, where you're... Need I remind the candidate? I mean, I wish, I mean, they, they jump into shit quite a lot on this one. But the question was, do you feel you are modeling appropriate and positive behavior for today's youth? Where, where the fuck did Obamacare come into this thing from? I, I know he's just hitting his points and he has to hammer, hammer, hammer away, but he sounds like a clone of Sean Hannity the whole fucking debate. Health insurance, a bad one, healthcare an is undercooked going up one. By numbers that are astronomical: sixty-eight percent, fifty-nine percent, seventy-one percent. When I look at the Iran deal and how bad a deal it is for us, it's a one-sided transaction where we're giving back one hundred and fifty billion dollars to a terrorist state, really the number one terrorist state. We've made them a strong country from really a very weak country just three years ago. When I look at all of the things that I see and all of the potential that our country has, we have such tremendous potential, whether it's in business and trade where we're doing so badly. Last year, we had an almost <laughs> $800 billion trade deficit. I'm going to fact check words, all these for you here in a trading second. with other countries, we had an $800 billion deficit. It's hard to believe. Inconceivable. You say, who's making these deals? We're going to make great trade deals. We're going to have a strong border. We're going to bring back law and order. Just today, a policeman was shot, two killed, and this is happening. I find it hilarious that Carrie Fisher, you know, Princess Leia, as some of you guys might know her. I, I like her as the psycho ex-girlfriend from uh, the, the Blues Brothers movies. She came out after somebody had asked, saying, hey, was Trump on coke last night? And she's like, coming from an expert? Absolutely. 
I mean, I'm sure she's got an axe to grind against Trump. I mean, we all fucking do. But the funny thing is, is that she's very, very fucking straightforward about her addiction at the time. So she's like, yeah, I did a lot of coke, a lot of coke, most of it during uh, Empire Strikes Back. So maybe that explains the nerf herder scene. I'm not sure. So anyway, about uh, health, I mean, health checking, I looked the wrong word there. Fact checking. So, yes, it's true. Uh, premiums have risen 20% from 2011 to 2016, according to the Kaiser Family Foundation report. And uh, in the past five years, insurance, the average cost of healthcare to families before their insurance kicks in has risen 67%. And the premiums are up a average like 3% last year. So that one technically is true. Uh, how we're doing so badly in trade. Um, we've consistently run trade deficits in 76. I don't know what he's talking about there. And his $800 billion trade deficit, he's pulling that out of his ass because it's 530. I know it's pennies and dollars and stuff like that, but 500 compared to 800 is a big fucking difference. So uh, the Trump campaign has argued that a more muscular trade policy. I'm reading this one because I don't have the 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 quick one handed arg- argument for it. So. So they're talking about their trade policy would boost federal revenue by one point seven trillion over the next decade, partially offsetting the revenue loss from Trump's proposed tax cuts. Outside economists are not convinced the pro-trade Peterson Institute for International Economics warns that Trump's threat of steep tariffs on imports from China and Mexico could unleash a trade war costing 4 million jobs and driving the economy into recession. Clinton is not calling for the import tariffs, but like Trump, she opposes the TPP, uh, and Peterson says that each year's delay in TPP reduces the GDP by tens of billions of dollars. So that's from NPR. So here we go on a weekly basis we have to bring back respect to law enforcement at the same time we have to take care of people on all sides we need justice but i want to do things that haven't been done including fixing and making our inner cities better for the african-american citizens that are so great and for the latinos hispanics and uh, i look forward to doing it. it's called make america great again it's like i'm going to play my greatest hit it's called Make America Again. So the, the two police officers that he was talking about that got shot, uh, one was a months from retirement and the other was a new mother. And so uh, recent polls have shown that, um, and this is from the Pew Research people, they said that faith in law enforcement breaks along racial lines. Gee, I fucking wonder why. Have they not looked at this country for like the last couple of years? I mean, fuck, it's been ever since the civil rights movement, and even before then, I'm just saying publicly that black people have been mistreated by cops for a long fucking time. We're just now seeing a lot more of it because it's not only happening to black people, it's happening to white people. So, ta-da. Once it becomes a white man's problem, oh shit, everybody's all involved with it. Thank you, Mr. Trump. The question from Patrice was about, are you both modeling positive and appropriate behaviors for today's youth? We received a lot of questions online, Mr. Trump, about the tape that was released on Friday. As you can imagine, you called what you said locker room banter. Described kissing women without consent, grabbing their genitals. That is sexual assault. You bragged that you have sexually assaulted women. Do you understand that? No, I didn't say that at all. I don't think you understood what was said. This was locker. Okay, this is locker room talk. I'll let him finish his statement here in a second. And he says he's not proud of it. I apologize to my family. What about America, asshole? How about you apologize to America for this bullshit? And he's like, and this is what he said on the tape. I'm automatically attracted to beautiful. I just start kissing them. 
It's like a magnet. Just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything, he said. Grab him by the pussy. You can do anything. So he did say that shit. You brag that you have sexually assaulted women. Do you understand that? No, apparently he doesn't because he did say that. His exact words were, you know, I'm automatically attracted to beautiful. I start kissing them. It's like a magnet. Just kiss. I don't even wait. That's called assault, you fucking idiot. Room talk. Uh, I'm not proud of it. I apologize to my family. I apologize to the American people. Certainly, I'm not proud of it. But this is locker room talk, you know. I don't care how much of locker room talk it is. I'm, I'm a guy and I've had many locker room chats and none of them involved me saying I'm just going to go and grab a girl like a bowling ball. You fucking gross person. God, that's disgusting. Where you have so many bad things happening. This is like medieval times. We haven't <laughs> seen anything like this. The carnage all over the world. And they look and they see. Can you imagine oh, man, the people that are frankly doing so well against us with ISIS? And they look at our country and they see what's going on. Yes, I'm very embarrassed by it. I hate it. But it's locker room talk. And <laughs> it's one of those things. I will knock the hell out of ISIS. Where did ISIS come in all the shit? ISIS happened a number of years ago in a vacuum that was left so because of bad judgment. And I will tell you, I will take care of ISIS. I'll grab her pussy. To much more <laughs> important things and much bigger things. Just for the record, though. Are you saying that what you said on that bus 11 years ago, that you did not actually kiss women without consent or grope women without consent? I have great respect for women. Nobody has more respect for women than I do. How about the Megyn Kelly thing that you were talking about, her bleeding and stuff like that? How about you not wanting to go on interviews because, you know, you don't like women? You know, there's a record of you being a misogynist, you prick. So for the record, said, you're saying you never did that? things that, frankly, you, you hear these things I said. And I was embarrassed by it, but I have tremendous respect for women. Have you ever and done those women things? have respect for me. And I will tell you, no, I have not. And I will tell you that I'm going to make our country safe. We're going to have borders on our country, which we don't have now. People are pouring into our country. And they're coming in from the Middle East and other places. Uh, we're going to make America safe again. We're going to make America great again, but we're going to make America safe again. And we're going to make America wealthy again, because if you don't do that, uh, it just and it sounds harsh to say, but we have to build up the wealth of Thank our you, nation right now. Other so I got into a long winded discussion with people at my at my job and my job is not the kind of place you want to espouse liberal ideas because just about everybody that's of uh, working age in my the area that I work in, they tend to be hard conservative Mormons usually. And so when the discussion that we were having they they did not like the fact that I thought that we should tax the fuck out of the rich because, you know, they can afford it. And they're like, well, that's just a tax on, on them being rich. So what, what, what kind of a incentive do they have for being rich? Look, dude, if you make $30 million a year and you have to give away $15 million of it, you're still making $15 million a year. How much did you make last year? Uh, 70000 And you have to give away how much of that? Uh, 35%. Okay, so you got to keep 60,000. I mean, not even 60. I can't do math real quick. You got to keep 42,000 of it or so, 45,000. Yeah. It's not even close to 15 million, is it? No. But if I ever get to be rich, and that's the big problem we have with the Republican voters, they see themselves as delayed billionaires. Not realizing that that probably shouldn't be the that that's not really the american dream and for some reason it got twisted and everybody wants to be rich fuck who doesn't want to be rich but the thing is 
it's so much more important, at least I feel, to enjoy your life instead of, you know, becoming one of those guys where your sole purpose in life is to uh, acquire stuff. I mean, we're not Ferengis, guys. We're we're people, and I would much rather have a collection of friends and uh, fun times and things that I did. Being rich, sure, that would help, but it's not my sole purpose in life. And there's a lot of people that don't that don't think that way. They they think only acquire, only consume, only make money, 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 money. And yes, it does make life easier, but it shouldn't be the only fucking goal. And he's talking about making the country rich again. It's not going to happen unless you're going to start handing out stipends to everybody. And then when that starts happening, every other product is going to go up in price because everybody has that money to spend. How it works, Donald. Nations are taking our jobs and they're taking our wealth. Thank you, Mr. And that's what I want to talk about. Secretary Clinton, do you want to respond? Well, like everyone else, I've spent a lot of time thinking over the last 48 hours um, about what we heard and saw. You know, with prior Republican nominees for president, I disagreed with them on politics, policies, principles, but I never questioned their fitness to serve. Donald Trump is different. I said starting back in June that he was not fit to be president and commander in chief. And most people agree with and you. And many Republicans and independents have said the same thing. Exactly. What we all saw and heard on Friday was Donald talking about women. With no filter. What he yes. thinks about women, what he does to women. And he has said that the video doesn't represent who he is. But I think it's clear to anyone who heard it that it represents exactly who he is. Because we've seen this throughout the campaign. We have seen him insult women. We've seen him rate women on their appearance, ranking them from one to 10. We've seen him embarrass women on TV and on Twitter. Yep. 3 we saw him after the first oh, debate spend nearly a week denigrating a former Miss Universe in the harshest, most personal terms. So, yes, this is who Donald Trump is. But it's not only women, and it's not only this video that raises questions about his fitness to be our president, because he has also targeted immigrants, African Americans, Latinos, people with disabilities. No, no, I haven't. POWs, no, you're wrong. Muslims, you're wrong. And so many others. <laughs> so this is who Donald Trump is, and the question for us, the question our country must answer, is that. This is not who we are. That's why, to go back to your question, I want to send a message, we all should, to every boy and girl, and indeed to the entire world, that America already is great, but we are great because we are good. That's the second time of that fucking And we will race. respect one another, and we will work with one another, and no, we, we will celebrate our diversity. No, it's still going to be a bunch of people afraid of race, afraid of gender. This is the America that I know and love. And I can pledge to you tonight that this is the America that I will serve if I'm so fortunate enough to become your president. And we want to get online. Respond to that? I assume I am. Yes, you can. It's just words, folks. Yeah, because she can't walk over there and punch you, you fucking dummy. I heard them when they. 
were running for the Senate in New York, where Hillary was going to bring back jobs to upstate New York, and she failed. I've heard them, where Hillary is constantly talking about the inner cities of our country, which are a disaster education-wise, job-wise, safety-wise, in every way possible. I'm going to help the African-Americans. I'm going to help the Latinos. He does realize that Latinos and African-Americans live in places other than the inner cities, doesn't he? I, I, surely he must, he must know this. Back four years later, we saw that firsthand when she was a United States senator. She campaigned. Where the Mr. Trump, Mr. Trump, campaign. I want to get to audience questions and online questions. So she's allowed to do that, but I'm not allowed to. Respond. You're going to have you're going oh, to get here comes the victim right complex. This tape is generating but because, you know, she got two minutes to give her response and you got to rebut. But that doesn't mean you get another fucking two minutes, Donald. Shut up. Facebook with millions and millions of people discussing it on the social network. As we said a moment ago, we do want to bring in questions from voters around the country via social media. And our first stays on this topic. Jeff from Ohio asks on Facebook, Trump says the campaign has changed him. When did that happen? So, Mr. Trump, let me add to that. When you walked off that bus at age 59, were you a different man or did that behavior continue until just recently? And you have two minutes for this. I told you. That was locker room talk. Uh, I'm not proud of it. I am a person who has great respect for people, for my family, for the people of this country. And certainly I'm not proud of it. But that was something that uh, happened. If you look at uh, Bill Clinton, far worse, minor words, and his was action. His was what he's done. Well, Bill's not running for fucking president now, is he? Politics in this nation that's been so abusive to women. So. You can say any way you want to say it, but Bill Clinton... It's a good thing you're not running against Bill Clinton, then. Bill Clinton attacked those same women and attacked them viciously, four of them here tonight. <sighs> what one a douche move. Who is a wonderful woman, at 12 years old, was raped at 12. Her client, she represented, got him off, and she's seen laughing on two separate occasions, laughing at the girl who was raped. Kathy Shelton, that young woman, is here with us tonight. So, so here's that allegation that he just made right there with the, the Kathy Shelton thing. So uh, 27-year-old Hillary Rodham Clinton was the court-appointed lawyer for a 41-year-old man accused of raping a 12-year-old girl. Recordings taped for an interview years later on the trial but never published when, were unearthed by the Washington Free Beacon about two years ago. They, they depicted Clinton laughing several times while discussing the case in a casual and cynical way because it's a lawyer. You're, when you're a lawyer, you have to be kind of crude about this thing. It's like going back and listening to those tapes about Planned Parenthood with the organ donation thing. You know, everybody's like, how could they be so crass and so crude about this sanctity of whatever life that's coming out of someone's you? No, it's because it's their job. You have to you have shorthand for things, and you have when it's your day in, your day out, it's not as sacred as everybody else thinks it's going to be. So in 2008, a Newsday article said that the 1975 affidavit signed by Clinton indicates that she questioned the 12-year-old's honesty, saying that she had made accusations in the past and had sought out older men. Sheldon, or Shelton, sorry, whose name was not published at the time, said that she had not realized that Clinton was the lawyer at the time, but in a Newsday article, she said she was sure Hillary was just doing her job. 
Did you catch that? Eight years ago, he's like, oh, well, she was just the opposing lawyer. But no, now that it's election season, yeah, let's let's bring this shit up some more. Let's see. So Shelton told the Daily Beast in 2014 that Hillary Clinton took me through hell. So she went from Hillary was just doing her job to Hillary took me through hell. And that's a six-year difference because they realized, oh, shit, Hillary Clinton's going to run again in 2016. We better get on there. So, So the public remarks by Hillary Rodham Clinton in response to the Newsday article in 2008 said, As an attorney and as an officer of the court, she had an ethical and legal obligation to defend him to the fullest extent of the law. Her fucking job. That's how it is to be a lawyer. To act otherwise would have uh, constituted a breach of her professional responsibilities. So, you do the job. You do it as good as you can. You may not like the people. You may find them morally reprehensible. But your job is to give them the best defense that is coming to them. It's not her fault that the case wasn't there. The DA should have had a better case when they brought it along. It's not the defender's part. It's not the defender's problem here. I can do some research, people. Don't tell me about words. I am absolutely, I apologize for those words. But it is things that people say. But what President Clinton did, he was impeached. He lost his license to practice law. He had to pay an $850,000 fine to one of the women. Paula Jones, who's also here tonight. Dick move bringing that one, too. So Clinton was impeached, and the Senate acquitted him in 1999. So, and Clinton did settle the lawsuit with Paula Jones for that amount of money that he said, 850000 And he was disbarred in Arkansas. But at this point, he's an ex-president. Do you think he's going to go back to the courtroom? I highly doubt it. And I will tell you that when Hillary brings up a point like that, and she talks about words that i said 11 years ago i think it's disgraceful no it's and I think your she character be ashamed of herself if you want to know the truth and the hooting and hollering from the, the deplorables in the crowd starts going off secretary clinton you have two minutes well first let me start by saying that so much of what he's just said is not right but he gets to run his campaign any way he chooses he gets to decide what he wants to talk about Instead of answering people's questions, talking about our agenda, laying out the plans that we have that we think can make uh, a better life on, and a better country, <laughs> that's his choice. When I hear something like that, I am reminded of what my friend Michelle Obama advised us all. When they go low, you go high. And I do appreciate that she's not dragged shit into the mud as and much as he has. Because she can call him on a lot of this, this shit, really. If just about one video, maybe what he's saying tonight would be understandable. And that's it right there. But the pattern is there. Everyone their own conclusions at this point about whether or not the man in the video or the man on the stage respects women. But he never apologizes for anything to anyone. He never apologized to Mr. and Mrs. Khan, the Gold Star family whose son, Captain Khan, died in the line of duty in Iraq. And Donald insulted and attacked them for weeks over their religion. What's really annoying is that I'm listening to this on headphones, and it's really loud, and I can hear the meaty smacks of her tongue rolling around in her mouth, and it's grossing me out. And I can hear every one of Donald's wheezing nasally sniffs that he does on the fucking thing, and... Uh, I bet a lot of it's going to be picked up by the noise gate. I run this through, but man, that's annoying as shit when you're doing this live. Children were watching 
And he never apologized for the racist lie that President Obama was not born in the United States of America. He owes the president an apology. He owes our country an apology. And he needs to take responsibility for his actions and his words. Well, you owe the president an apology because, as you know very well, uh, your campaign, Sidney Blumenthal, he's another real winner that you have. And he's the one that got this started along with your campaign manager. And they were on television just two weeks ago. She was saying exactly that. So you really. Here's the thing. Clinton's campaign never came out and said, we don't think Obama is American. These were fringe people that were fans of hers. And I'm, and I'm sure there's probably some back office, you know, funding going towards some shit like that. I don't care. It was never her official stance that that was something that was that was going to be said. Donald Trump, however, went on and on and on at least like five or six different big venues where he's like, I don't believe it. He, you know, he could just produce the birth certificate. Why not just do that? She may have had people that started this in her for her favor. Could have done the same thing for McCain. McCain wasn't wasn't born in the United States. He was born in Panama, you know. You could you could do birther claims with a lot of fucking people. Mitt Romney apparently had some issues with that. Not everybody's born in the United States, and I think that's one of the the rules in the stupid the not the stupid Constitution because Constitution's pretty awesome, but it's one of those things where we need to revisit that because if someone's an American citizen, that not by birthright or anything like that, but some, we need to have it so people coming from outside the country that are citizens can run for president if they want to as well. Why not get an outsider perspective on this shit? There's nothing there's nothing quite so great as having a fucking insular government where you have to be an American, you know. And not an American, as you know. I studied, got my citizenship, and I love it living in America kind of thing. I'm talking about the people that are like, I was born here, I'm American, I'm I'm more fuck American than you are. We owe him an apology. You're the one that sent the pictures around your campaign, sent the pictures around with President Obama in a certain garb. That was long before I was ever involved. So you actually owe an apology. Number two, Michelle Obama. I've gotten to see the commercials that they did on you. And I've gotten to see some of the most vicious commercials I've ever seen of Michelle Obama talking about you, Hillary. So you talk about friend. Go back and take a look at those commercials. A race where you lost. Baron Square. Don, it's called well, politics. Like the Bernie Sanders race where. Oh my God. Won, <laughs> I forgot about this part. <laughs> All you have to do is take a look at WikiLeaks and just see what they said about Bernie Sanders. And see yes, let's look at WikiLeaks for all the things that are true. You know, not none of that shit can be false. You know, no, all of that must be absolutely true. I'm so surprised to see him sign on with the devil. Oh, that's a low apology, blow. She's the devil. I think the one that oh, you should man. really be apologizing for and the thing that you should be apologizing for are the 33,000 emails that you deleted and that you acid washed. And then the two boxes two of emails, boxes and other of emails. last week that were taken wait from a minute. office wait, and are now wait, missing. Wait, 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 wait. Donald, do you believe that emails are paper? I mean, yeah, sure, you could print them out, but they're emails. They sit in a virtual inbox, and they only become printed out when you print them out. But you don't lose boxes of emails. You know. The fuck? <laughs> it's amazing. And then he brings up this term acid washed and everything. God, and 
there's no question on the GOP side of the millions of emails that went from Bush Co. Like all of those ones that just fucking disappeared like a poof, like overnight. There was never any kind of, you know, special prosecutor assigned to them to look at this stuff. The FBI didn't get involved with it. They just shrugged it off because terrorism. And I'll tell you what, I didn't think I'd say this, but I'm going to say it, and I hate to say it, but if I win, I am going to instruct you don't hate my to say attorney it. general to get a special prosecutor to look into your situation, because there has never been so many lies, so much deception, there has never been anything like it, and we're going to have a special prosecutor. When I speak... I. There have been special prosecutors and FBI cases brought up against the Clintons with no charges. Benghazi, this whole email thing. If there's been something illegal, she would have been charged. She hasn't been charged. Maybe she's good at covering her tracks. Who knows? But that's the system that we choose, we choose to all participate in. It's a very expensive process. So we're going to get a special prosecutor and we're going to look into it because you know what? People have been... Their lives have been destroyed for doing one-fifth of what you've done. And it's a disgrace. And honestly, you ought to be ashamed of Secretary yourself. Secretary Clinton, I want to follow up on that. Me, I'm going to let, let you talk about it now. Because everything he just said is absolutely false, but I'm not oh, surprised. Really? In the first debate, and we in the, really, first the debate, audience needs to I calm told down people here. that it would be impossible to be fact-checking Donald all the time. I'd never yeah, get to talk about because you wouldn't get to any fucking policy. And yeah. how we're going to really uh, make lives better for people. So, once again, go to HillaryClinton.com. literally Trump. <laughs> you can fact-check him, fact-check, fact-check him in real time. Last time at the first debate, we had millions of people uh, fact-checking, so I expect we'll have millions more fact-checking uh, because, you know, it is, uh, it's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Yeah, because he sounded a lot like a dictator saying, I'm going to kill the family that goes against me. Oh, you've, you've missed the because you'd be in jail that Donald Trump just we said. We want to remind the audience to please not uh, talk out loud. Please. <laughs> He's just shocked by this whole thing. So the FBI director has said that no reasonable prosecutor would bring a case against Hillary Clinton over her email messages. Law enforcement traditionally operates independently of the White House. And when that barrier breaks, bad things can happen, you know, like Watergate era firings and resignations. So Trump's campaign has been really, really fucking hammering this in like it's part of the theme for these guys so that Hillary representing the status quo and Trump is the outsider, you know, uh, like last year, lock her up became a like common chant aimed at Clinton during the Trump supporters. And what is it? I've seen Infowars bumper stickers in Utah. Yeah, it's amazing how many people actually support that fucking show. And magazine, website, whatever the fuck you want to call it. I just know it because I listen to Alex Jones way too much on the show. But anyway, their thing is Hillary for jail 2016 or Hillary for prison. I can't remember which one it is. But still, it's, it's, it's fucking terrible that this is our political discourse. Do not applaud. You're just wasting time. And, and Secretary Clinton, I do want to follow up on emails. You've said your handling of your emails was a mistake. You disagreed with Director FBI Director James Comey calling your handling of classified information, quote, extremely careless. The FBI said that there were 110 classified emails that were exchanged, eight of which were top secret, and that it was possible hostile actors did gain access to those emails. Don't call that extremely careless. 
Well, Martha, first let me say, and I've said it before, but I'll repeat it because I want everyone to hear it. That was a mistake. Oh, oh wow. Someone's admitting their mistakes. For using a personal email account. Uh, obviously, if I were to do it over again, I would not. I'm not making any excuses. Uh, it was a mistake. You're number two for those keeping very, count at home. Uh, sorry about that. But I think it's also important uh, to point out where there are some misleading accusations from critics and others. Uh, after a year-long investigation, there is no evidence that anyone hacked the server I was using. And there is no evidence that anyone uh, can point to at all. Anyone who says otherwise has no basis that any classified material ended up in the wrong hands. I take. So for those that might be not understanding the whole, the cybersecurity thing, if someone's a good enough actor against a, another foreign power. So let's just say Russia hacking America. They could be good enough that those people would not leave any fingerprints when, when they're, when they probe a server, when they copy data and stuff like that, it could just be that someone got in. You know, you have uh, social engineering where people can just call and, you know, find stuff out just from talking to people. You have whaling, spear phishing, all of these ways of getting into things. I mean, hell, you can even brute force it if you really want to. But there's I, I don't think her her network would have had the sophistication of doing that kind of thing. If she was smart, she would have, you know, protections in place against it. But we're talking about a private server within her own house kind of thing. I don't think it's going to have the same the same level of cybersecurity that other places are going to have. So. It really could have been hacked and gotten into and nobody would really know. So her saying that there's been no detection, that's kind of a misnomer because there's no proof of there being any anything taken from there. No proof that anybody hit it. But that's just because the proof is not always there that somebody did or didn't. Classified materials very seriously and always have. When I was on the Senate Armed Services Committee, I was privy to a lot of classified material. Obviously, as Secretary of State, I had some of the most important secrets uh, that we possess, such as going after bin Laden. Oh, trot that one out. Uh, so I am very committed to taking classified information seriously. Except when you run it through your, your unclassified server. Sorry. Information ended up in the wrong hands. And yet she didn't know the word, the letter C. The word? On a document. C? Donald? Right? She didn't even know really? what that word, what that letter meant. You know, it's amazing. I'm watching Hillary go over facts and she's going after fact after fact. And yeah, she's lying that's again what you do. No, because she said she, you know, what she did with emails was fine. You think it was fine to delete 33,000 emails? I don't think so. I delete she said the 70 or 80 a day emails had to do with her. Not counting the ones at work. I get at least 200 at work. I have to delete every day. We'll give three or three or four or five or something. 33,000 emails deleted. And now she's saying over a span of years and more importantly, that years. was after getting a subpoena. That wasn't before. That was after she got it from the United States Congress. And I'll be honest, I am so disappointed in congressmen, including Republicans, for allowing this to happen. Our Justice Department, where her husband goes onto the back of an airplane for 39 minutes, talks to the attorney. No, general. no, no. The Attorney General and Bill Clinton said they did not discuss the investigation, but, you know, it caused enough of a shitstorm anyway. There was nothing wrong with you deleting 39,000 emails again. That was 33. You should be ashamed of yourself. What you did, and this is after getting a subpoena 
from the United States Congress. We have to move on. You Secretary Clinton, you can respond, and we got to move on. We want to give the audience a chance here. Jail, let alone after getting a subpoena from the United States Secretary Congress. Clinton, you can respond, then we have to move on to an audience question. Look, it's just not true. And so please you, oh, go you didn't to delete him? allow her to respond. Personal <laughs> emails, Trump. not official. 33,000? Yeah. Well, we turned over 35,000. So oh, yeah. it was. What about the other 15,000? Uh, please allow her to respond. She didn't talk while you talked. Go, Anderson. Yay. Yes, that's true. I didn't. Uh, I didn't in the say. first debate. Oh, and, burn. Uh, I'm going to try not to in this debate because uh, I'd like to get to the questions that the people have brought here tonight uh, to talk to us about. And get off this question. Of course. Because it's done. It's over okay, with. Okay, Donald, I know you're into big diversion tonight. Anything to avoid talking about your campaign and the way it's exploding and the Boom! way Republicans are leaving you. But <laughs> let's, let's, let's at see least... 538 has her like 83% over, <laughs> over Trump. Tonight. Let's get to their question. We have a question here from Ken Karpowitz. He has a question about health care. Ken? Ken Karpowitz. I'd like to know, Anderson, why aren't you bringing up the emails? I'd like to know. Why aren't you we getting brought up the, the emails? No, it hasn't. It hasn't. And it hasn't been finished at all. Ken Carpoitz has a question. It's nice to <laughs> three. No. Thank you. <laughs> Dummy. Affordable Care Act, known as Obamacare, it is not affordable. Premiums have gone up. Deductibles have gone up. Co-pays have gone up. Prescriptions have gone up. And the coverage has gone down. What will you do to bring Single the cost Single payer. <laughs> that, that first one goes to Secretary Thank Clinton you. because you started out the last one to the audience. Thank you. You cringy. That's so cringy, man. Well, go ahead, Donald. No, I'm a gentleman. Whole thing. Go ahead. Oh. Secretary Clinton? Ugh. No, you're not. You grab people by the pussy and you kiss them without them wanting well, it. I think Donald was about to say he's going to solve it by repealing it and getting rid of uh, the Affordable Care Act. And I'm going to fix it because I agree with you. Premiums have gotten too high, co-pays, deductibles, prescription drug costs. And I've and it's because you're letting insurance companies make these fucking rules. You need to get rid of the fucking insurance companies. Reigning in the cost, which has to be uh, the highest priority of the next uh, president. When the Affordable Care Act passed, it wasn't just that 20 million people got insurance who didn't have it before. But that in and of itself was a good thing. I meet these people all the time and they tell me what a difference having that insurance meant to them and their families. And it's too bad you guys can't but see this because else, like he's he's pacing back and forth behind her like a stalker. Who get health insurance through our employers got big benefits. Number one, insurance companies can't deny you coverage because of a pre-existing condition. Number two, no lifetime limits, which is a big deal if you have serious health problems. Number three, Women can't be charged more than men for our health insurance, which is the way it used to be before the Affordable Care Act. Number four, if you're under 26 and your parents have a policy, you can be on that policy until the age of 26, something that didn't happen before. So I want very much to save what works and is good about the Affordable Care Act. In fact, so checking, that's all true. Down. We've got to provide some additional help to small businesses so that they can afford uh, to provide health insurance. But if we repeal it, as Donald has proposed, and start over again, all of those benefits I just mentioned are lost to everybody, not just people who get their health insurance on the exchange. And then we would have to start all over again. Right now, we are at 90% health insurance coverage. That's the highest we've ever been in our country. Clinton, so I want us up. to get to 100%, but get costs down and keep quality up. Mr. Trump, you have two minutes. 
It is such a great question, and it's maybe the question I get Thank almost you. more than anything else, outside of defense. So is that the Obama one you get the most of? A disaster. You know it. We all know it. It's going up at numbers that nobody's ever seen worldwide. It's nobody's ever seen numbers like this for healthcare. It's only getting worse. In 17, it implodes by itself. I think he means 2017. Their method of fixing it is to go back and ask Congress for more money, more and more money. We have right now almost $20 trillion in debt. Obamacare will never work. It's very bad, very bad health insurance. Far too expensive. And not only expensive for the person that has it, unbelievably expensive for our country. It's going to be one of the biggest line items very shortly. Bullshit. Man, that is a bunch of bullshit. So uh, the Congressional Budget Office, is they said that the ACA is going to Cost about five hundred million over ten years, so fifty million a year, out of a total federal budget of four trillion dollars. Let's just say that's four hundred billion, or sorry, four thousand billion. So you're looking at four million millions there. So fifty million out of four hundred four million millions. Uh, anybody want to give me the guess here? Oh, that's right. Let's see, three hundred. 999,950 millions left over. So, no, it's not going to cost that much. Fucking, you, Gumby. Oh, I hate this guy. We have to repeal it and replace it with something absolutely much less expensive and something that works where your plan can actually be tailored. You can do that now. We have to get rid of the lines around the state, artificial lines. Oh, that's just going to make the big insurance companies Insurance companies from coming in and competing because they wanted President Obama and whoever was working on it, they want to leave those lines because that gives the insurance companies essentially monopolies. We want competition. You will have the finest health care plan there is. She wants to go to a single-payer plan, which would... And what's wrong with that? <laughs> so, uh, to talk about this uh, whole, you know, dissolving the lines around states, that's a terrible fucking idea. A really terrible idea. There are certain states out there, you know, liberal bastions like New York and California, who have protections for people with, with these strong insurance protections. Um, and they would lose those if they were buying a policy in a low-regulation state like Texas. They might save money on premiums, but they might suffer. So let's see. The Heritage Foundation maintains, and they're a very conservative group, uh, that individuals should be able to purchase the health plan that best meets their needs, regardless of the location of the issuer. So it's a very Republican perennial uh, idea that they've been trying to trout out for a long time. And the thing is, where are the fucking states' rights people when this shit's being discussed? Shouldn't that be up to individual states' rights to determine if that's what they want to do or not? I mean, who knows? Wouldn't this be considered overstepping the the bounds? Our local businesses are going to suffer from this. Mm, how about that? No, no, they're not saying a single goddamn thing about it. be a disaster, somewhat similar to Canada. And if you ever notice, the Canadians, when they need a big operation, when something happens, they come into the United States in many cases because their their system is so slow. It's... It's catastrophic in certain ways. It's slow in this country. It's slow as balls in this country. If I start getting a problem like with my knee, just to use a a quick ballpark one here, and I have a problem with it, I have to go see my general practitioner. So I have to make an appointment for that. 
And then once I go see them, they're like, oh, well, let's get you into a specialist. I have to go see the specialist. And I have to, that takes a couple of weeks to do that. And then I have to make an appointment to probably get an MRI done on it. And so then next thing you know, I'm, let's see, three or four copays into things. I am, I'm already like a month behind. Meanwhile, somebody who has a problem in Canada, if they have to get put on a queue, it's not going to take that goddamn long. It's called triage. It, it just blows my mind that they think single payer is terrible. Every other fucking industrialized country in the world has it. We're the ones that don't because for some reason, oh, it'll hurt business. No, no, it's not going to fucking hurt business. It basically rules everything. Hillary Clinton has been after this for years. Obamacare was the first step. Obamacare is a total disaster. And not only are your rates going up by numbers that nobody's ever believed, but your deductibles are going up. So that unless you get hit by a truck, you're never going to be able to use it. It is a disastrous plan, and it has to be repealed and replaced. Secretary Clinton, let me follow up to you. Your husband called Obamacare, quote, the craziest thing in the world, saying that small business owners are getting killed as premiums double, coverage is cut in half. Was he mistaken or was his mistake simply telling the truth? No, I mean, he clarified what he meant. And and it's very clear. Look, we are in a situation in our country where if we were to start all over again, we might come up with a different system. But we have an employer based system. That's where the vast majority of people get their health care. And the Affordable Care Act was meant to try to fill the gap between people who were too poor and couldn't put together any resources to afford health care, yeah, namely people going on to Medicaid, ERs for everything and skipping on the bill. Medicare, which is a single payer system, which takes care of our elderly and does a great job doing it, by the way. And then all the people Socialized who medicine. were employed, oh my God. but people who were working but didn't have the money to afford insurance and didn't have anybody, an employer or anybody else to help them. That was the, the slot that the Obamacare uh, approach was to take. And like I say, 20 million people now have health insurance. So if we just rip it up and throw it away, what Donald Trump Though, to be honest, about half of those come from the expansion of Medicaid. Just want to let that be out there. And that means the insurance companies get to do pretty much whatever they want, including saying, look, I'm sorry, you've got diabetes, you had cancer, your child has asthma. Your time is up. You may not be able to have insurance because you can't afford it. So let's fix what's broken about it, but let's not throw it away. And give it all back to the insurance companies. Mr. And let the me follow companies. up with you, Mr. That's not going to work. Mr. Trump, let me follow up uh, well, on I this. I just want to just one thing. First of all, Hillary, me... everything's broken about it. Everything. Everything. Number Every single two. thing. Bernie it's, Sanders it's said that retarded. Hillary Clinton has very bad. Judgment. Where did that come this from? This is a perfect example of it. <laughs> trying Mr. Trump, to save Obamacare, which is. You've said you want it. Dude, dude, <laughs> Bernie Sanders wanted single payer. Are you going to are you trying to say that you can't have it both ways? You can't invoke Bernie Sanders after saying that, you know. We should rip up Obamacare, and you can't say that the guy was that was for single payer health the healthcare system is saying that she has bad judgment by trying to keep the stopgap in place. I want single payer. A lot of fucking liberals want single payer. A lot of socialists. I'm a fucking I'm a socialist out the ass. I would love to have more programs just in case shit ever went bad for me. You know that that's how I like things to be. We'd have a lot less homeless, a lot less sick, a lot less you know terrible transient things that are happening to people in this country that would be great to have more socialism but bernie didn't win he didn't get the votes hillary's who we got now there's a lot of people that don't like her i think she's just fine i considered voting for her when obama first started running 
But the thing is, he was much more of a shooting star than she was. Bernie was a hell of a shooting star, but the problem is that he was an independent trying to run as a Democrat and didn't get onto the platform soon enough, I think. There's a lot of people that will disagree with me on that. There's a lot of people that are going to make up conspiracy theories about all this other shit with Def- Debbie Wasserman Schultz and all this other stuff. It's called politics. It's the same fucking game everybody decides to play. And By Obamacare. You've said you want to end Obamacare. You've also said you want to make coverage accessible for people with pre-existing conditions. How do you force insurance companies to do that if you're no longer mandating that every We're American get insurance? To. You're going to have plans. What, what does that mean? That, well, I'll tell you what it means. You're going to have plans. That are so They're good so because good. we're going to have so much competition. So much competition in the insurance industry. Once we break out, once we break out the lines and allow the competition to come, are you, ma- are you going to have a mandate that Americans Anderson, have to have health insurance? Me. President Obama, by keeping those lines, the boundary lines around each state, and it was almost gone until just very toward the end of the passage of Obamacare, which, by the way, was a fraud. You know that because. Jonathan oh, Gruber, the architect of Obamacare, he was wasn't said, the architect. He said it was a great lie. It was a big lie. President Obama said, "You keep your doctor, you keep your plan." The whole thing was a fraud, and it doesn't work. I still have my doctor, and I still have my plan. It worked for me. We will be able to keep pre-existing. We'll also be able to help people that can't get, don't have money, because we are going to have people protected. And Republicans feel this way, believe it or not, and strongly this way. We're going to block grant. Into the states, we're going to block grant into Med- Medicaid into you, the Mr. states, Trump. so that we will be able to take care of people without the necessary funds to take care of themselves. Thank you, Mr. Trump. We now go to Gorba Hamid with a question for both candidates. Hi, poor Gorba. There are 3.3 million Muslims in the United States, and I'm one of them. You've mentioned working with Muslim nations, but with Islamophobia on the rise, how will you help people like me? deal with the consequences of being labeled as a threat to the country after the election is over. Mr. Trump, you're first. Well, you're right about Islamophobia, and that's a shame. You're the but one you're thing we have adding to, to it, dickhole. Is we have to make sure that because there is a problem. I mean, whether we like it or not, and we can be very politically correct, but whether mm, we like he's it or like not, dancing there is around a on this one. And we have to be sure that Muslims come in and report when they see something going on, when they see hatred going on, they have to report it. As an example, in San Bernardino, many people saw the bombs all over the apartment of the two people that killed 14 and wounded many, many people. Horribly wounded. They'll never be the same. Damn near spilled beer on my... <laughs> Muslims have to report the problems when they see them. Or and, what? Or what? You know, there's, a, there's always a reason for everything. If they don't do that, it's a very difficult situation for our country. Because you look at Orlando. There's a lot of people who look, look sideways at, at all crime. And you look white at people look away when white people do crime. You look at Paris. Look at that horrible. These are radical, radical Islamic, Islamic terrorists. terrorists. And she won't even mention the word. Bullshit and she has. Will President Obama. She has. She use the term <laughs> radical Islamic And Obama says, terrorism. what the fuck now, will that do? To solve a problem, you have to be able to state what the problem is or at least say the name. She won't say the name and President Obama won't. Let me tell you. Let me tell you something, Donald Trump. If I have an itchy ass, me telling people that I have an itchy ass isn't going to solve the fucking problem. Me going up to the bathroom and wiping better, you know, will solve that problem. But it's not going to be solved by going, hey, everybody, I got a bit of doo-doo stuck in my bum and I need to go wipe. No, that's not going to fucking solve the problem, man. God. I won't say the name, but the name is there. It's not it's Voldemort. Islamic terror. 
And before you solve it, you have to say the name. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Secretary Clinton. Well, thank you for asking your question. And I've heard this question from a lot of Muslim Americans across our country. Because, unfortunately, there's been a lot of very divisive, dark things said about Muslims. Coming from and the Trump camp, mainly. Even <laughs> someone like Captain Khan, the young man who sacrificed himself defending our country in the United States Army, has been subject to attack by Donald. I want to say just a couple of things. First, we've had Muslims in America since George Washington. True. Fact check that and one. And we've had many successful Muslims. We just lost a particularly well-known one with Muhammad Ali. My vision of Why'd America <laughs> is an America where everyone has a place. If you're willing to work hard, you do your part, you contribute to the community. That's what America is. That's what we want America to be for our children and our grandchildren. It's also very short-sighted and even dangerous to be engaging in the kind of demagogic rhetoric that Donald has. About That's a Muslims. big word for him. <laughs> we need American Muslims to be part of our eyes and ears on our front lines. I've worked with a lot of different Muslim groups around America. I've met with a lot of them and I've heard how important it is for them to feel that they are wanted and included and part of our part of our homeland security. And that's what I want to see. It's also important. I intend to defeat ISIS to do so in a coalition with majority Muslim nations. Right now, a lot of those nations are hearing what Donald says and wondering, why should we cooperate with the Americans? Yeah, and because you're attacking Muslims in particular. ISIS and the <laughs> no terrorists, shit. violent jihadist terrorists. We are not at war with Islam. And it is a mistake and it plays into the hands of the terrorists to act as though we are. Yeah, remember when so Bush said something about being on a crusade? Citizens Dummies. like you and your family are just as welcome as anyone else. Thank you, Secretary Clinton. Mr. Trump, in December, you said this. Donald J. Trump is calling for a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States uh, until our country's representatives nope. can figure out what the hell is going on. I got an itchy we asshole. have no choice. We have no choice. Your running mate said this week that the Muslim ban is no longer your position. Is that correct? And if it is, was it a mistake to have a religious test? Oh, boy, this, this country will Captain get interesting. Captain Khan is an American hero. And if I were president at that time, he would be alive today. Boo. Because Boo. her who voted for the war. So did you. Doing, <laughs> you. You didn't I vote for me. You supported it. You fucking idiot. In Iraq. Iraq was a disaster. Uh, so he would have been alive today. The Muslim ban is something that in some form has morphed into a extreme vetting from certain areas of the world. Hillary. We vet every refugee that comes to this country. The, the fact that he doesn't know this nor cares about it just blows me away. Clinton wants to allow and, and why did it morph into excuse that me, no me. did you no answer the question do you still go martha you i do me all the time why don't you would interrupt you please her? explain whether or not the muslim ban still stands it's called extreme vetting yeah. we are going to areas like syria where they're coming in by the tens of thousands because of barack obama they've come in by the ten thousand not tens of thousands 10,000, I believe, is what has come in here. And if I remember, 
Oh, you know, let's see. It was 12,000, I think, total that came in, now that I remember it. And most were women and children. How about that? And Hillary Clinton wants to allow a 550% increase over Obama. Why not? People are coming into this our country. This is a country big fucking like country, Trump. This is a gigantic fucking nation. What their feelings about our country is, and she wants 550% more. This is going to be the great Trojan horse of all time. <sighs> we have hey, could you tell me about that story, Don? Do you, know, do you know the whole story of the Trojan War? Go ahead. Have other people pay for them as an example, the Gulf states who are not carrying their weight, but they have nothing but money and take care of people. But I don't want to have, with all the problems this country has and all of the problems that you see going on, Hundreds of thousands of people coming in from Syria when we know nothing about them. We know nothing about their values and we know nothing about their love for our country. And Secretary Clinton. Bruh, they're refugees. They're refugees. They don't have a love for our country just yet. Give them time and they might want to be here. Crying out loud, man. The, this, the, and he's talking about people in the Gulf states who are not carrying their weight. Saudi Arabia is not going to take them in. They don't want them. Saudi is, I don't even know why they're our fucking ally. They're, they're a terrible fucking country. They treat their normal everyday people like shit. They're a Wahhabi fucking uh, Sunni, well, actually it can't be both at the same time, but pretty much the same thing. They're a Wahhabi fucking hardline Islamic nation. I mean, with Mecca and Medina, why not have the most hardline way that you can be? But there was a great documentary I watched on Netflix about being inside Saudi Arabia when they had people actually going in as covert journalists. And it was fascinating to, th to see that, you know, all the shine on that turd isn't quite th is there as much as it used to be, especially since uh, America has become energy independent from a lot of these places. So, you know, the, the, the gas, the, the price of oil going down considerably has kind of hurt their pocketbooks a little bit. So they've been cashing in shits all over the place. So. It's a really cool documentary. You have to check it out. I'll try to find the name and put it in show notes for you guys. Let me ask you about that, because you have asked for an increase from 10 to 65,000 Syrian refugees. Not hundreds, 65. We know you want tougher vetting. That's not a perfect system. So why take the risk of having those refugees come in? Well, because all, it's I humanist. Will not let anyone <laughs> into our country that I think poses a risk to us. Except Donald. But there are a lot of refugees, women and children. Think of that picture we all saw of that four-year-old boy with the blood on his forehead because he'd been bombed by the Russian oh, and Syrian air forces. There are children suffering in this catastrophic war, largely, I believe, because of Russian aggression. And, and we need to do our part. We by no means are carrying anywhere near the load that Europe and others are. That's the fucking truth but right there. we will have vetting that is as tough as it needs to be from our professionals, our intelligence uh, experts, and others. But it is important for us as a uh, policy, you know, not to say, as Donald has said, we're going to ban people based on a religion. How do you do that? We are a country founded on religious freedom and liberty. How do we do what he has advocated without causing great distress within our own country? Are we going to have religious tests when people fly into our country? <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> and how do we expect to be able 
to implement Especially those. when they start failing their so own. <laughs> I thought that what he said was extremely unwise and even dangerous. And indeed, you can look at the propaganda on a lot of the terrorist sites. And what Donald Trump says about Muslims is used to recruit fighters because they want to create a war between us. And the final thing I would say, this is the 10th or 12th time that he's denied being for the war in Iraq. <laughs> we have it on tape. The entire press corps has looked at it. It's been debunked. Nope, it never wrong. stops him nope. from saying whatever he wants has to not say. Been debunked. It has so been, you dumbass. It's not been debunked. And Go I was to HillaryClinton.com and, and you can see it. I was against the war in Iraq. has not been debunked. There has been no evidence to support this claim. There is no evidence that Trump opposed the invasion of Iraq. In a 2002 interview with Howard Stern, you guys probably remember hearing this one, uh, he asked Trump if he would support the invasion. And Trump, was, Trump replied, yeah, I guess so. I wish the first time it was done correctly. That sounds like a yes. you know, Yeah, yeah I guess so. Worth noting, Trump's running mate, Indiana Governor Mike Pence, also voted in favor of the bill authorizing the Iraq war. So... Check out your own fucking stuff before you start throwing stones, man. So he represented Indiana in the House of Representatives at the time. So a little bit of fact checking there. And you voted for it and you shouldn't have. Well, I just want there's to been lots say, of fact checking on that. I'd like to move on Excuse to an me. online question. She just went about 25 seconds over her time. She Could did I not. just respond Pedantic. to this? Please? She did Very not. Quickly, <laughs> Hillary Clinton, in terms of having people come into our country, we have many criminal illegal aliens. When we want to send them back to their country, their country says, we don't want them. In some cases, they're murderers, drug lords, drug problems, and they don't want them. And Hillary Clinton, when she was Secretary of State, said, that's okay. We can't force it into their country. Let me tell you, yeah, I'm going can't. to force them right back into their country. You can't do that. And some you can't fucking do that. So uh, ICE, who he's going to come and talk to about here in, in a couple of minutes, that they come out and they said there's about... Oh, how many did they say earlier when I was listening to it? 23 or so countries that they considered uh, recalcitrant. You know, they won't let people back into them. So Afghanistan, Algeria, China, Cuba, Iran, Iraq, Libya, Somalia, and Zimbabwe, just to name a couple of them. So they don't want to cooperate with letting people back into their countries. So ICE has experienced a significant hindrance in the ability to repatriate these immigrants to these countries. An additional 62 countries have a strained cooperation and accepting returning refugees. So for the most part, when they get here, they're here. They're not going anywhere. Donald, good fucking luck forcing them back into these countries. You know what would happen if there was a bunch of unwanted people that got returned to a country where they didn't want to be wanted and they were hardline like China is and Iran and Cuba? They'll be fucking executed. Have that blood on your hands, you douchebag. They're bad people. And I will tell you uh, very strongly, when Bernie Sanders said she had bad judgment, she has really bad judgment because we are letting people into this country that are going to cause problems and crime like you've never seen. We're also letting drugs pour through our southern border at a record clip. Not record. At a record clip. Nope. And it shouldn't be allowed to happen. ICE just endorsed me. They've never endorsed a presidential candidate. The Border Patrol agents, 16,500, just recently endorsed me. And they endorse me because I understand the border. She doesn't. She wants amnesty for everybody. Come right in. Come right over. Okay. So a, a couple of notes about this one. And this is from the, the NPR one that I've, I'm checking out right here. So the record number 
actually happened in 2012 when the uh, Customs and Border Protection seized about 3.5 million pounds of narcotics. Just to, for comparison, we had 20 in 2015, we had 3.3 million pounds, and then 2011, 3.1. So they're not at a record level. They're not crazy levels. They're about, about as baseline as they could possibly get. So apprehensions at the southwest border, um, the the people that have been caught coming through have dropped by 79% from the peak in 2000. And the Pew Research Center reports that more Mexicans have left the United States than entered between 2009 and 2014. And this whole ICE just endorsing me kind of thing. Uh, no, the Federal Bureau of uh, Immigration and Customs Enforcement did not make an endorsement. A union of immigration and customs officers voted to endorse Trump, not ICE themselves. And he won't make this correction because he likes making it seem like he's better than he really is. So the the part where he just said about she doesn't want she wants amnesty for everybody. Come in, come right over. So she would defend and expand President Obama's executive action for 2014. Uh, his actions were thwarted by federal courts, would have protected an estimated five million immigrants in the country illegally from deportation and offered them renewable work permits. Amnesty is different. The 86 Immigration Reform and Controlled Act uh, legalized and ultimately granted citizenship to the immigrants in the United States. You know, under Reagan, your guys is Republican God. It's a horrible thing she's doing. She's got bad judgment and honestly so bad that she should never be president of the United States. That thank, I can tell Thank you, Mr. Trump. I want to move on. This next question comes from the public to the bipartisan open debate coalition's online forum where Americans submitted questions that generated millions of votes. This question involves WikiLeaks release of purported excerpts of Secretary Clinton's paid speeches, which she has refused to release. And one line in particular in which you, Secretary Clinton, purportedly say, you need both a public and private position on certain issues. So two from Virginia asks, is it OK for politicians to be two faced? No, is it's it not OK, but they're all going to be that way. Politician to have a private stance on issues. Secretary Clinton. Well, your two minutes. Right. As as I recall, that was uh, something I said about Abraham Lincoln. It, true. Uh, I, I read the WikiLeaks document. the wonderful Number three. Spielberg movie called Lincoln, it was a master class watching President Lincoln get the Congress to approve the 13th Amendment. Which was, was really fucking hard. <laughs> and it was strategic. And I was making the point that it is hard sometimes to get the Congress to do what you want to do. And you have to keep working at it. And yes, President Lincoln was trying to convince some people. He used some arguments convincing other people. He used other arguments that uh, was a great, uh, uh, I thought, a great uh, display of presidential leadership. But, you know, let's talk about what's really going on here, Martha, because our intelligence community just came out and said in the last few days that the Kremlin, meaning Putin and the Russian government, are directing the attacks, the hacking on American accounts to influence our election. And WikiLeaks is part of that, as are other sites where the Russians hack information. We don't even know if it's accurate information. And then they put it out. 
Exactly. We have never in the history of our country been in a situation where an adversary, a foreign power, is working so hard to influence the outcome of the election. And believe me, they're not doing it to get me elected. No, they don't want you they're elected doing at it all. <laughs> to try to influence the election for Donald Trump. Now, maybe because he has praised. There's a lot of people in Russia that, uh, especially Alexander Dugan, uh, who's actually come out and endorsed Trump. He's a uh, TV commentator in, in Russia with uh, ties to the Kremlin. Anyway, he said that they, what they call the American neoconservatives who supported the 2003 invasion of Iraq are supporting Clinton. Maybe true. I haven't looked into that one completely. But if elected, they argue, it would empower those forces and pose a danger to what Russia calls the stability of the international system. How dare they say stability to the international system when they're bombing hospitals and when they're taking over sovereign countries with like the the areas of the Ukraine, like in Crimea? Ridiculous. Putin, maybe because he says he agrees with a lot of what Putin wants to do, maybe because he wants to do business in Moscow. I don't know the reasons, but we deserve answers and we should demand that Donald release all of his tax returns. So that people can see what are the entanglements and the financial relationship to, to that later that he has Secretary with Clinton, and you're other out of time. Powers. Well, I think I should Mr. Trump. because it's so ridiculous. Look, now she's <laughs> so blaming. She got caught in a total lie. Her papers went out to all her friends at the banks, Goldman Sachs and everybody else. And she said things, WikiLeaks, that just came out. And she lied. Now she's blaming the lie. On the late great Abraham Lincoln. That's one that I have. No, that's not okay, what she's honest doing. Abe, honest Abe never lied. That's the good thing. That's the big difference between Abraham Lincoln and you. He just said he lied. That's he knows big, he lied. Big difference. We're talking about some difference. <sighs> but as far as other elements of what she was saying, I don't know, Putin. I think it would be great if we got along with Russia. Because we could fight ISIS together, as an example. But so I don't walk know, hand in hand with but horseback riding. But I anytime anything wrong happens, they like to say, the Russians, the Russians, she doesn't know if it's the Russians doing the hacking. Can you finish a Maybe fucking sentence? No God. But they always blame Russia. And the reason they blame Russia, because they think that... Department of Homeland Security said on Friday, that two days before this debate came out, that Russia is behind this year's campaign of hacks and that the release of information related to the 2016 campaign. They said unequivocally that it was Russia who did the hacking. Are you not listening to your own fucking departments? You get briefings just as much as she does. Trying to tarnish me with Russia. I know nothing about Russia. I know I know about Russia, but I know nothing about the inner workings of Russia. I don't deal there. I have no businesses. I have no loans from Russia. I have a very, very... Great balance sheet, so great that when I did the old post office on Pennsylvania Avenue, the United States government, because of my balance sheet, which they actually the know very post well, offices. chose me to do the old post office. But anyway, in the eighties, he went, he explored trying to get houses, the housing market put into the into Russia with like high level hotel development projects and elite residences in Moscow and stuff like. And that was about two thousand eight when that would happened, but. And he said to a Russian, to a real estate publication that the Russian market is attracted to me. I have a great relationship with many Russians and almost all of the oligarchs were in the room. So you have ties there, Donald. Many of our friends took bigger deductions. Warren Buffett took a massive deduction. 
uh, Soros, who's a friend of hers, took a massive deduction. Who Buffett came out and said, no, my tax returns are all out there for like the last 70 fucking years. Gave her, took massive deductions. I pay hundreds of millions of dollars in taxes, but, but as soon as my routine audit's finished, I'll release my returns. I'll be very proud to. They're Thank actually you, Mr. Quite Trump. Good. They're actually was, uh, quite we're good. Turn actually the topic of taxes. Ugh. We had a question from Spencer Moss. Spencer, talk. Good evening, Renji. Uh, my question is: What specific tax provisions will you change to ensure the wealthiest Americans pay their fair share in taxes? Mr. Trump, you have two minutes. Well, one thing I do is get rid of carried interest. The one of the greatest provisions. Boy, right out of the gate with like that me, one. To be honest <laughs> with, you. I give up a lot when I run because. I knock out the tax code. And she could have done this years ago, by the way. She's a United States. She was a United States senator. She complains that Donald Trump took advantage of the tax. Code. Well, she was a senator, a single solitary senator. She's not going to change everything. Same advantage that I do. And I do. You have provisions in the tax code that, frankly, we could change. But you wouldn't change it because all of these people give you the money so you can take negative ads on Donald Trump. What? But, and I say that <laughs> Don't about a flatter lot of things. Yourself, you know, I've, I've heard Hillary complaining about so many different things over the years. I wish you'd have done this. But she's been there for 30 years. She's been doing this stuff. She never changed. And she never will change. She never will change. We're getting rid of carrot. Oh, my God. He's high. <laughs> he's got to be so taxes, high right there. Because <laughs> I think it's so important for corporations. Because we have corporations leaving massive corporations and little ones. Little ones can't form. We're getting rid of regulations, what? which goes hand in hand with the what? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. I'm lowering taxes, actually, because I think it's so important for corporations because we have corporations leaving massive corporations and little ones. Little ones can't form. He can't words. He honestly the can't. taxes, but we're bringing the tax rate down from 35 percent to 15 percent. We're cutting taxes for the middle class, and I will tell you, we are cutting them big league for the middle class. Big league. And I will tell you, Hillary Clinton is raising your taxes, folks. You can look at me. She's raising your taxes really Only high. for the people over $250,000 a year. What that's going to do is a disaster for the country. But she is raising your taxes, and I'm lowering your taxes. That in itself is a big difference. We are going to be thriving again. We have no growth in this country. There's no growth. If China has a GDP of... Seven percent. It's like a national catastrophe. With okay, hang on. So the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, a international economic eva uh, organization, evaluated the U.S. economy this summer and concluded that seven years after the financial crisis, the U.S. economy has rebounded. Output has surpassed its pre-crisis peak by ten percent. Robust private sector employment gains have sharp sharply reduced unemployment. Fiscal sustainability has been largely restored and cor corporate profits are high. So fuck your no growth thing. And so when we're looking at Trump versus Clinton here with the, the, the tax, the tax information that he, he spewed out of his asshole of a mouth, the biggest beneficiaries of Trump's tax cuts will be the wealthy. The top 1% of earners will see their after tax income rise by about 10.2% to 16%. Overall savings would be less than 1%. So the Conservative Tax Foundation estimates that his plan would reduce federal revenue by $4.4 trillion to $5.9 trillion over the next decade, which is a lot, but it's down from $10 trillion in his original plan. So he's getting a little better, but he's still not 
even swinging for the bleachers. He's really not even. So he's, they're trying to say that some of that could be offset by economic growth, by, but even using dynamic scoring, the foundation says that the plan's tax cut revenue by $2.6 trillion down to $3.9 trillion over 10 years. So it's not getting any better. It's not. And so with Clinton's, she said that especially the taxes on the wealthy that she's going to raise, especially those making more than $5 million a year, which is about two in 10,000 people. So one in 5,000 people is, is a more than $5 million a year kind of person. And they'd limit value of certain deductions and increase the estate tax rate while um, extending that tax to more families with thresholds set at $3.5 million, $7 million for couples. And the Tax Policy Center uh, estimated that an earlier version of her plan would raise an extra $1.1 trillion over a decade, not cost us, raise, with three quarters of that coming from the top 1% of earners. So $750 billion plus would be coming from the top 1% of earners. So Clinton has recently modified her estate tax proposal, raising the top rate to 65% on estates of more than $500 million. Go you, because that estate tax thing, I fucking love it because the Waltons handing down the golden ticket to their generation after generation after generation, you know, and not having to pay fucking taxes on it just disgusts me. Down at 1%. And that's like no growth. And we're going lower, in my opinion. And a lot nope. of it has to do with the fact that our taxes are so high. Nope. Just about the highest in the world. Wrong. And Wrong there, too. Bringing them down to one of the lower in the world. And I think it's so important. One of the most important things we can do. But she is raising everybody's taxes massively. Secretary Clinton, Big League. You have two minutes. The question was, <laughs> uh, what specific tax yeah, provisions will change to ensure the wealthiest Americans pay their fair share? Well, everything you've heard just now from Donald is not true. I'm, <laughs> Broken record, I'm sorry, Hillary. Come I have on. to keep saying this, but he lives in an alternative reality. <laughs> and it is sort of amusing to hear somebody who hasn't paid federal income taxes in maybe 20 years talking about what he's going to do. But I'll tell you what he's going to do. His plan will give the wealthy and corporations the biggest. That's like the 916 million that he lost in 1995. By at least a factor of two. Donald always takes care of Donald and people like Donald, and this would be a massive gift. And indeed, the way that he talks about his tax cuts would end up raising taxes on middle-class families, millions of middle-class families. Now, here's what I want to do. I have said nobody who makes less than $250,000 a year, and that's the vast majority of yeah, Americans, the middle as class. you know, <laughs> will have their taxes raised because I think... We've got to go where the money is, and the money is with people who've taken advantage of every single break in the tax code. And yes, when I was a senator, I did vote to close corporate loopholes. I voted to close, I think, one of the loopholes he took advantage of when he claimed a billion-dollar uh, loss that enabled him to avoid paying taxes. I don't know what loophole she signed for. I want to have Sorry. a tax on people who are making a million dollars. It's called the Buffett Rule. Yes, Warren Buffett is the one who's gone out and said, Somebody like him should not be paying a lower tax rate than his secretary. I want to have a surcharge on incomes above $5 million. We have to make up for lost times because I want to invest in you. I want to invest in hardworking families. And I the think money keeps going it's up. been unfortunate, up, up, up. but un it's happened that since the Great Recession, the gains have mm -hmm. all gone to the top. And we need to reverse that. People like Donald who paid zero in taxes, zero for our vets, Zero for our military, zero for health and education. 
That is wrong. Thanks, and we're Secretary. going to make sure that nobody, no corporation you, and you. no individual can get away without paying his fair share to I want to give you our country. Mr. Trump, I want to give the chance to respond. Sure. I just want to tell our viewers what she's referring to. In the last month, taxes were the number one issue on Facebook for the first time in the campaign. The New York Times published three pages of your 1995 tax returns. They show you claimed a $916 million loss, which means you could have avoided paying personal federal income taxes for years. You've said you pay state taxes, employee taxes, real estate taxes, property taxes. You have not answered, though, a simple question. Did you use that $916 million loss to avoid paying personal federal income taxes? Of course I do. Of course I do. And so do all of her donors or most of her donors. I know many of her donors. Her donors took massive tax write-offs. So a lot of my, excuse me, a lot of my write-off was depreciation and other things that Hillary as a senator allowed. And she'll always allow it because the people that give her all this money, they want it. That's a lot of them want See, to pay more taxes. Tax better than anybody that's <laughs> Warren Buffett wants to pay taxes Hillary more. Clinton, and it's extremely complex. Hillary Clinton has friends that want all of these provisions, including they want the carried interest provision, which is very important to Wall Street people, but they really want the carried interest provision, which I believe Hillary's leaving. It's very interesting. So to give you guys a, if you're wondering, wondering about this carried interest thing, and I, wor- I wondered about this immediately when I heard about it. So here's, here's pretty much what it means. It's, a, it's jargon for the portion of profit paid to managers of private equity, real estate, and other funds. So of course, Donald Trump wants to get rid of the carried interest thing. So typically, these managers get 20% of a fund's net gain. So if you have a hedge fund that makes a couple of billion dollars, you get a giant fucking windfall of a payday. So critics of carried interest say that these payments are just compensation like wages and should be taxed that way. But in fact, they are taxed at the much lower capital gains rates. Sounds like they did work and they got paid for it. This should be taxed as fucking income. So Hillary Clinton has also proposed eliminating the carried interest tax break. So... Yes, we knew we do need to get rid of that tax break. Saying why she's leaving carried interest. But I will tell you that, number one, I pay tremendous numbers of taxes. I absolutely tremendous. used it. And so did Warren Buffett. And so did George Soros. And so did many of the other people that Hillary is uh, getting money from. Now, I won't mention their names because they're rich, but they're not famous. So we won't make them famous. Can, okay? you, can you say how many years you have avoided paying personal federal income taxes? No, but I, I pay tax and I pay federal tax too. But I have a write-off. A lot of it's depreciation, which mm-hmm. is a wonderful charge. I love depreciation. You know, what? she's given it to us. Hey, if she had a problem, for 30 years she's been doing this, Anderson. No, I say she it all hasn't the time. been doing it for 30 She talks years. about health care. No. Why didn't no. she do something about it? She talks about taxes. Oh, don't even Why start with that one. Why didn't she do something God. about it? She doesn't do anything. Trump, Trump, seriously, you're trying to say, what did, what did she do about health care? She was the one that proposed a lot of the fucking affordable care kind of stuff when it was like in the 90s, man. Were you not around for this? Were you not friends with them at the time? Or do you just not pay attention to the world that you live in? I'm, I'm pretty certain it's the latter. Anything about anything other than talk with her? No. It's all no, talk she is and action. no action. In the past, and, and again, Bernie Sanders, it's really bad judgment. She has made bad judgments not only on taxes, she's made bad judgments on Libya, on Syria, on Iraq. I mean, her and Obama, whether you like it or not, the way they got out of Iraq, the vacuum they've left, that's why ISIS formed in the first place. They started from that little area, and now they're in 32 different nations, Hillary. Congratulations. Great job. Won't you be able to respond, Secretary Clinton? Okay. So, 
the withdrawal of troops from Iraq that was completed in 2011 was under a deal signed by fucking President Bush at the request of the Iraqi government. It's not her fault. If you want to lay blame at somebody, you have to look in your own party there, buddy. It was George W. fucking Bush that signed this thing. And when the Syrian civil war started, that provided a haven for militants from Iraq and Assyria to gather and regroup as ISIS. So it wasn't Iraq that was, you know, fostering and fomenting this stuff. It was the fact that there was rebels in Syria trying to fight against the Assad regime and they all ran there. And then the ISIS militants took ground in Iraq, and analysts say that the presence of U.S. troops might have kept ISIS from gaining so much ground in Iraq, but they also took advantage of divisions within the Iraqi politics and sectarian groups, because it's a lot harder to take, it's a lot harder to, than just saying, Iraq is one nation united kind of thing. It's not. There's been the Kurds that have been always been an issue there when Saddam was gassing them a long fucking time ago. You still have the, you have Sunnis versus Shias. You have all sorts of, you know, us versus them kind of shit. It's just like how we have in America. We have Republicans versus Democrats and you have centrists versus the Green Party and shit like that. So it's not as simple as, you know, we're one ubiquitous group of people in this country and he just doesn't fucking understand this stuff. Well, here we go again. I've been uh, in favor of getting rid of carried interest for years. Um, starting when I was a senator from New York, but that's not the point here. Why didn't you, you know, do it? Why didn't you do it? Well, because she's because one I was senator. A senator with a Republican president. Yeah, you could have done it if you were an effective. If you were an effective senator, you could have done it. He doesn't know how politics senator, works. It's, you could have done it, but you were not. It's not a fucking one person brings it up and ta-da, it happens. You know, ah, uh, pisses me off so bad. Please allow her to respond. She didn't interrupt you. You know, under our constitution. Presidents have something called thank you power. fucking vetoes. <laughs> Look, Ugh. he has now said repeatedly 30 years this and 30 years that. So let me talk about my 30 years in public service. I'm very part. glad to do so. Eight million kids every year have health insurance because when I was first lady, I worked with Democrats and Republicans to create the children's health insurance program. Hundreds of thousands of kids now have a chance to be adopted. Because I worked to change our adoption and foster care system. After 9-11, I went to work with Republican mayor, governor, and president to rebuild New York and to get health care for our first responders who were suffering because they had run toward danger and gotten sickened by it. Hundreds of thousands of National Guard and Reserve members have health care because of work that I did. And children have safer medicines because I was able to pass a law that required the dosing to be more carefully done. Oh, when I was secretary, well, of fuck you, Clinton. You just made it harder for me to drug my kids country, but also advocating for women's rights to make sure that women had a decent chance to have a better life and negotiated a treaty with Russia to lower nuclear weapons, which is scaring the shit out of me right now because they've decided to stop listening to the start treaty and instead of, you know, reducing the number of shit. So, Nuclear prol proliferation is increasing again. So we are headed straight into the barrel of uh, the Cold War Part 2. So it's going to be real interesting as a human being for the next, oh God, 50 or 60 years. 400 pieces of legislation have my name on it as a sponsor or co-sponsor when I was a senator for eight years. 
I worked very That's hard like one a week. and was very proud <laughs> to be reelected in New York by an even bigger margin than I had been elected the first time. And as president, I will take that work, that bipartisan work, that finding common ground, Thank because you. you have to be able to get along with people to get things done in Washington. Thank you, Secretary. And I've proven that I can. And for 30 years, I've produced results for Thank people. you, Secretary. We're going to move on to Syria. Both of you have mentioned that. So have you, Donald. So have you. Mr. Trump, we're going to go on. This is about the audience. As a Mr. Senator, Trump, a we're going to move on. <laughs> the heartbreaking video of a five-year-old Syrian boy named Amran sitting in an ambulance after being pulled from the rubble, rubble after an airstrike. Well, bringing that one up. God damn it. Focused the world's attention on the horrors of the war in Syria with 136 million views on Facebook. Yeah, because people are suddenly reminded but how terrible war is. There are much images coming out of Aleppo every day now, where in the past few weeks alone, 400 people have been killed, at least 100 of them children. Just days ago, the State Department called for a war crimes investigation of the Syrian regime of Bashar al-Assad and its ally, Russia, for their bombardment of Aleppo. Yeah, because they're so war crimes. So this next question comes from social media through Facebook. Diane from Pennsylvania asks, if you were president, what would you do about Syria and the humanitarian crisis in Aleppo? Isn't it a lot like the Holocaust when the U.S. waited too long before we helped? Secretary Clinton, we will begin with your two minutes. Boy, that's a loaded question. Well, the situation <laughs> in Syria is catastrophic. And every yes, day but it is a Holocaust goes by, catastrophic. we see the results of the regime. Uh, by Assad in partnership with the Iranians on the ground, the Russians in the air, bombarding places, in particular Aleppo, where there are hundreds of thousands of people, probably about 250,000 still left. Get out of there. <laughs> and there is a determined effort by the Russian Air Force to destroy Aleppo in order to eliminate the last of the Syrian rebels like who were really holding out against the Assad regime. Russia hasn't paid any attention to ISIS. They're interested in keeping Assad in power. They are, so because Assad buys weapons from Russia. Advocated, and I advocate today a no-fly zone and safe zones. We need some leverage with the Russians uh, because they're not going to uh, come to the negotiating table for a diplomatic uh, resolution unless there is some leverage over them. And we have to work more closely with our partners and allies on the ground. But I want to emphasize that what is at stake here is the ambitions and the aggressiveness of Russia. Russia has decided that it's all in in Syria. And they've also decided who they want to see become president of the United States, too. And it's not me. <laughs> that should I've tell you who you should vote Russia. for. I've taken on Putin and others. And I would do that as president. I think Putin. <laughs> Wherever we can cooperate with Russia, that's fine. And I did as Secretary of State. That's how we got a treaty reducing nuclear weapons. It's how we got the sanctions on Iran that put a lid on the Iranian nuclear program without firing a single shot. So I would go to the negotiating table with more leverage than we have now. But I do support the effort to investigate for crimes, war crimes committed by the Assyrians and the Russians and try to hold them accountable. Thank you, Secretary Clinton. She might want to be kind of careful. You don't want to say Assyrians. You want to say Syrians because the, the Assyrians are a completely different people. Let's see. She was there as Secretary of State with the so-called line in the sand, which 
No, I wasn't. I was gone. I hate to interrupt okay. you, but but you were in contact. Point, excuse me. At some you point, were, we need you to were do in some total contact here. with the White at House. At some point, you got to do some fact checking. God. So the the line in the sand that he's talking about, and some people might not remember this, but that was the the ultimatum line that Obama laid down, where he said that if uh, the Syrian regime used chemical weapons at all, that would be the the same as crossing a red uh, a, a line in the sand or a red line, as he said. Um. And how he approached his response to the conflict. So Assad used chemical weapons and Obama didn't launch an attack against the regime, uh, opting instead to ask Congress to authorize such an operation. So if you really have a problem, look at the members of Congress who didn't vote that into power. So instead of a president acting unilaterally like the emperor, like they've said he's been over the last eight years, he tried to get Congress to authorize it. And a lot of people have criticized Obama saying that his failure to enforce the red line was harmful to American credibility. I think it shows a more steady hand. I mean, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, well, we need to we need to draw the saber that we rattle every once in a while. Be like, that's putting people in harm's way. Should we do that with our own country when this is not our fight? I mean, yeah, it's humanitarian. We need to help these people out. But at the same time, not our fucking country. Should stay the fuck out of there. And perhaps, sadly, Obama probably still listened to you. I don't think he'd be listening very much anymore. Obama draws the line in the sand. It was (laughs) laughed at all over the world what happened. Now, with that being said, she talks tough against Russia. But our nuclear program has fallen way behind. Wild with their nuclear program. Not good. Our government shouldn't have allowed that to happen. Russia is new. In terms of nuclear, we are old, we're tired, we're exhausted in terms of nuclear. Eh, wrong. Nope. Nope. He, he obviously does not look at, you know, any kind of armaments that we have in this country. Because I can say undoubtedly that, that I've worked in areas where I've seen them taking apart, you know, ICBM stage rockets and stuff like that. I've seen this kind of shit. It's not like we don't do maintenance on all these things. It's not like we don't have nuclear subs that are armed to the fucking teeth patrolling the coastal waters right now they're they're out in the middle of somewhere they don't tell you where they're supposed to be because just in case shit goes down they're they're able to launch and we're also updating all sorts of amazing fucking technology to stop icbms and everything we have the 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 dome defense systems that you know russia's really scared about us putting in countries that border them because you know it's going to make it so they can't they'll essentially remove their fangs they can't do anything so of course they're going to work on making their nuclear armament better but don't let it be don't even think for one second that we're not doing the same fucking thing we had a a bunch of tests of a scramjet and if you guys remember what scramjets are they're essentially the the hypersonic kind of aircraft where they go many many orders of magnitude of mock whatever whatever the fuck it is like where it goes so fast, like it starts to peel the paint off of whatever is painted on there because the, the air friction is so fucking hot. Anyway, we have like things that are going like Mach 14 or something like that. So we're talking about delivering a payload uh, from here in Utah over to Russia in a, in a matter of minutes instead of hours. I mean, ICBMs can do that, but, you know, you could those are traceable. With the scramjet, you could just launch it from somewhere and nobody would have any fucking clue where it came from so don't let it be known that you know like we're we're sitting on we're resting our laurels while the enemy is getting stronger isn't this the same group that he thought that we should be friends with why can't we be friends 
No, we're, we're, we're sharpening our sticks just as much as they are. But the thing is, we have much more money than they do. A very bad thing. Now, she talks tough. She talks really tough against, against uh, uh, Putin and against Putin. Assad. She talks in favor of the rebels. She doesn't even know who the rebels I are. I think she does. And every time we take rebels, Peshmerga. whether it's in Iraq or anywhere else, we're, Kurds. we're arming people. And you know what happens? They end up being worse than the people. Look at what, what she did in fuck? Libya with Gaddafi. <laughs> Gaddafi's out. It's a mess. And by the way, ISIS has a good chunk of their oil. I, I'm sure you probably have heard that. It was a disaster. Because the fact is, almost everything she's done. Nope, 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 nope. Donald Trump has said before that ISIS controls Libyan oil. But experts, all the experts say that this is not true. PolitiFact addressed in some detail this last April. And CNBC checked back in on the claim as recently as September when it comes to this claim. So no, they're not controlling their fucking oil in foreign policy has been a mistake and it's been a disaster. But if you look at Russia, just take a look at Russia and look at what they did this week, where I agree she wasn't there, but possibly she's consulted. We sign a peace treaty. Everyone's all excited. Well, what Russia did and with Assad, and by the way, with Iran, who you made very powerful with the dumbest deal perhaps I've ever seen in the history of dealmaking, the Iran deal with $150 billion, with the $1.7 in cash, which is enough cash to fill up this room. No. Okay, first of all, I've looked up the claim of how, how big cash is sometimes, and one, $1.7 would not be nearly, an, you, would, you could fit a, bill, a million dollars in a fucking duffel bag. Are you telling me you can't fit 1,700 duffel bags into that room? No, you could fit a lot more than that. It's a giant fucking room that they're in. Unless you're talking about making it rain, and then, of course, you have the extra air between. But we're not going down that route. So that 1.7 that he's talking about, 1.7 billion, is what the Obama administration had paid back to Tehran. This came from an arbitration claim that dates back from the 1970s. We talked about this on Utah Outcast at one time. Where, you know, it's not a ransom payment. It's not us paying them for them to not develop nuclear weapons. It's the fact that we owed them this money. We can't just steal it. That's a fucking crime, guys. So the payment was made in January 2016. And that was the same day that Tehran agreed to release four U.S. prisoners. And Clinton was not serving in the government at the time. So any kind of claim he's trying to make here, just blow it right out your ass because it has nothing to do with her. But look at look at that deal. Iran now and Russia are now against us. Iran's so been against us. She wants to fight for rebels. There's only one problem. You don't even know who the rebels are. Mr. Trump, so Mr. What's Trump, the purpose? Two and, and one thing up. I have to say, you're two minutes I don't like up. Assad at all. But Assad is killing ISIS. Russia is killing ISIS. And Iran is killing ISIS. And those three have now lined up because of our weak they're not doing policy. that. They're not fighting Mr. Trump, ISIS. They're really not. Let me repeat the question. They're fighting if terrorists. If you were president, what would you do about <laughs> Syria and the humanitarian crisis in Aleppo? And I want to remind you what your running mate said. He said provocations by Russia need to be met with American strength and that if Russia continues to be involved in airstrikes along with the Syrian government forces of Assad, the United States of America should be prepared to use military force to strike the military targets of the Assad regime. Okay. Keep that in mind. That's what Pence said about this whole thing. And I haven't spoken and I disagree. Yeah. him. He disagrees with his running mate and they haven't spoken about this thing. 
talk about a non-unified front. I mean, this this to me was one of the most damning things that I heard during this whole fucking debate is that, you know, yeah, the guy that I'm going to be running the country with, we don't agree on the same thing. I disagree. You disagree I think with your running man. We have to knock out ISIS. Right now, Syria is fighting ISIS. We have people that want to fight both at the same time. But Syria is no longer Syria. Syria is Russia. No, and it's Iran Syria who is she Russia. Made Syria is still Syria. And Obama made into a very powerful nation and a very rich nation. No, they're not that very, rich. Very, very, not really. Very, no, very quickly. no, they're not. 1.7 billion is nothing. We have to get ISIS. We have to worry about ISIS before we can get too much more involved. She had a chance to do something with Syria. They had a chance. And that was the line. What do you think and will happen did. if Aleppo falls? I think Aleppo is a disaster humanitarian wise. What do you think will it happen humani- if it falls? Funny, uh, I think that. that it basically has fallen. Okay? It basically has fallen. Let me tell you something. No, it hasn't. Aleppo has not fallen to the Syrian government. It has been a divided city for years, and the rebels control the eastern side. The Syrian government and its Russian allies have increased airstrikes on the eastern side lately. And the UN warned last week that more than 200,000 civilians live there and could die. Thousands could die if the Syrian regime tries to take over. So, no, Aleppo hasn't fallen and is not in the control of the Syrian government. They're trying to take it, but they haven't. You take a look at Mosul. The biggest problem I have... That's a different country. The stupidity of our foreign policy. We have Mosul. They think a lot of the ISIS leaders are in Mosul. So we have announcements coming out of Washington and coming out of Iraq. We will be attacking Mosul in three weeks or four weeks. Well, all of these bad leaders from ISIS are leaving Mosul. That's Why can't they do it quietly? Why can't they do the attack, make it a sneak attack, and after the attack is made, inform the American public that we've knocked out the leaders, we've That's had a tremendous it. success. People leave. Why do they have to say- Are you advocating a lightning attack? Like, you know, a blitzkrieg? Let me just go ahead and get those double eights tattooed on me somewhere so that I can blend in with the fucking white supremacist crowd when they take over when Trump becomes president. President Trump. We're going to be attacking Mosul within the next four to six weeks, which is what they're saying. How stupid is our country? They there are probably sometimes couldn't. reasons. They could the put them on edge. It can move that. them around. Psychological I can't warfare. Think of any. She just gave you one. She just told you one, fucking out. dummy. And we have, look, I have 200 generals and admirals who endorse me. I have 21 Congressional Medal of Honor recipients who endorse me. We talk about it all the time. They understand. Why can't they do something secretively where they go in and they knock out the leadership? How, why would these people stay there? I've been reading now, Tell for, me weeks. What your strategy been reading now is. for weeks about Mosul, that it's the harbor of where, you know, between Raqqa and Mosul. This is where they think the ISIS leaders are. Why would they be saying? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What the fuck did he just say? I have been reading for weeks about Mosul. That is the harbor between Raqqa and Mosul. You can't list the city as being the in-between when you list that city in the second fucking list. He's so pissed off with this guy's grandma. It's staying there anymore. They're gone. Because everybody's talking about how Iraq, which is us with our leadership, Goes in to fight Mosul. Now, with these 200 admirals Raqqa and generals, is the Islamic State they can't believe it. Capital. All I say is this General George Pat, General Douglas MacArthur, who all of them telegraph their, their moves. At no, the stupidity no, no, they're not. Of what we're doing in the it's a completely East. different enemy. Secretary Clinton, Secretary Clinton. Listen, MacArthur and Patton both had uniform militaries that they were fighting against. We don't have that with ISIS. We don't have that. They're not a sovereign fucking nation. 
They're not a, a, a military that we're going against. It's a bunch of guerrilla style fighters that you can't nail down. You know, the guy that you could be passing on the street could turn around and fucking drop an IED on you. Yeah, IED. I was going to say IUD. That wouldn't work because that's that kind of thing you put in the uterus. So, no, never mind. Sorry. You want Assad to go. You advocated arming rebels, but it looks like that may be too late for Aleppo. You talk about diplomatic efforts. Those have failed. Ceasefires have failed. Would you introduce the threat of U.S. military force beyond a no-fly this is a good zone on this against one. I like the Assad this one. regime to back up diplomacy? I would not uh, use American ground forces Thank you. in Syria. She's usually really hawkish, but I'm glad to hear that. a serious mistake. I don't think American troops should be uh, holding territory, which is what they would have to do as an occupying force. I don't think that is a smart strategy. I do think the use of special forces, which we're using, uh, the use of uh, enablers and trainers in Iraq, which, which has works. had some positive yeah, effects, a lot of positives, uh, are very much in our interests. And so I do support what is happening. But let so me what just, would you do differently than President Obama is well, doing? Mar- Martha, I hope that by the time I if er- I'm everything, I hope by the time I am president that we will have pushed ISIS out of Iraq. I do think that there is a good chance that we can take Mosul. Uh, and, you know, Donald says he knows more about ISIS than the generals. No, Which is he doesn't. completely wrong. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of uh, very important planning going on. And some of it is to signal uh, to the Sunnis in the area, as well as Kurdish Peshmerga fighters, that we all need to be in this. And that takes a lot of planning and preparation. Yeah, logistics is hard. I would go after <laughs> Baghdadi. I would specifically target Baghdadi. Which we don't even know if he's still alive, honestly. Of Al-Qaeda leaders, and I was involved in a lot of those operations, highly classified ones, made a difference. So I think that could help. I would also consider arming the Kurds. The Kurds have been our best partners in uh, Syria as well as Iraq. Number four. And I know there's a lot of concern about that in some circles, but I think they should have the equipment they need so that Kurdish and Arab fighters on the ground are the principal way that we take Raqqa after pushing ISIS out of Iraq. Yeah, it's their own shit. Let them deal with their own shit. And you don't stop her. When I go one second over, it's like, no. Oh, poor Donald. You're picking on me. uh, James Carter. Mr. Carter? Peggy Carter? What? This is a dumb question, I think. My question is, do you believe you can be a devoted president to all the people in the United States. Oh, wait, Mr. Trump. Sorry, I take that Absolutely. back because I didn't realize the, the person that was asking it. I, I've, I listened to it once and I'm only watching it now as we're going through it. The, the person that asked this question is a person of color. So has a lot more more to do with, you know, what's going on in our country with race relations, gender relations and, you know, Many of the other things. So I take back my whole, you know, I think it's a dumb question. So sorry. I mean, uh, she calls our people deplorable, a large group. Do you think you can be a devoted president to all the people? I will be a president for all of our people. And I'll be a president that will turn our inner cities around and will give strength. Hey there, Darky. I'm going to make sure your city is safe. And will bring jobs back because NAFTA, signed by her husband, is perhaps the greatest disaster nope. trade nope. deal nope. in the nope. history of the world not in this country 
It stripped us of manufacturing jobs. It did not. That's we a fucking lie. We lost our jobs. Lie. We lost our money. We lost our plants. It is a disaster. And now she wants to sign TPP, even though she says now she's for it. She called it the gold standard. And by the way, at the last debate, she lied because it turned out that she did say the gold standard. And she said she didn't say anything. She said it in 2012. There was a 2012 speech that the TPP sets the gold standard in trade agreements to open, free, and transparent fair trade. Just giving you guys that little bit. Actually said that she lied. Okay. And she lied. But she's lied about a lot of things. I would be a president of the people. You've lied a lot more than she African has this Americans, night. Oh my God, this is such a shit show. Devastating what's happening to more, inner cities. They live she's in other places besides inner cities, usual, Donald. She talks about it. Nothing happens. She doesn't get it done. Same with the Latino Americans. What about the, the Latinas? Americans. Fucking asshole. The same exact thing. They talk. What about Pacific they don't Islanders? What about these people? You go people? into the inner cities and you see it's 45% poverty. African Americans now 45% poverty in the inner cities the education is a disaster jobs are essentially non-existent i just figured out what song i'm ending I mean, this with it's i don't even care you know i and i've been saying at big speeches where i have 20 and thirty thousand people what do you have to lose it can't get any worse and she's been talking about the inner so cities for worse. 25 years <laughs> nothing's going to ever happen let me tell you if she's president of the United States, nothing's going to happen. It's just going to be talking. No, all her she's going to get more shit done than he will. <laughs> and I would just get it by osmosis. What? She's not doing what? any favors. But by doing all the others' favors, she's doing me favors. Mr. Trump, thank but, you. But I will tell you, she's all talk. It doesn't get done. All you have to do is take a look at her Senate run. Take a look at upstate she's New York. She's done a lot, man. God, it turned out to be a disaster. <laughs> you have two minutes. What an asshole. Well, 67% of the people voted to reelect me when I ran for my second term, and I was very proud and very humbled by that. Mr. Carter, I have tried my entire life to do what I can to support children and families. You know, right out of law school, I went to work for the Children's Defense Fund, and Donald talks a lot about, you know, the 30 years I've been in public service. I'm proud of that. You know, I started off as a young lawyer working against discrimination against African-American children in Truth. schools and in the criminal justice system. I worked to make sure that kids with disabilities could get a public education, something that I care very much about. I have worked with Latinos. One of my first jobs in politics was down in South Texas registering Latino citizens to be able to vote. So I have a deep devotion to use your absolutely correct word to making sure that every american feels like he or she has a place in our country and i think when you look at the letters that i get a lot of people are worried that maybe they wouldn't have a place in donald trump's america and that's scary as fuck they write me and one woman wrote me about her son felix she adopted him from ethiopia when he was a toddler he's 10 years old now this is the only country he's ever known and he listens to Donald on TV and he said to his mother one day, will he send me back to Ethiopia if he gets elected? I'm glad my little kids don't really hear. You know, children so listen to what is being said to go back to the very, very first question. And there's a lot of fear that, in fact, teachers and parents are calling it the Trump effect. Bullying is up. A lot of people are feeling, you know, uneasy. A lot of kids are expressing their concerns. So first and foremost. 
the the Trump effect that she's speaking of is an actual title of an April report by the the Southern Poverty Law Center, which they're a excellent Twitter group to follow. They put out all sorts of great news. Uh, Clinton's used this phrase before on the campaign trail. It's worth noting that the SPLC survey was not a representative sample that could scientifically support the notion that bullying was up. They just it showed that it was. It doesn't mean that it was balanced the way that it needs to be scientifically. So could be skewed data, but still, I believe it. I will do everything I can to reach out to everybody, Secretary Democrats, Clinton. Republicans, independents, people across our country. If you don't vote for me, I still want to be your president. That's I a good line. That's a goddamn good line. For every American. Secretary Clinton, your two minutes is up. I want to follow up on something that Donald Trump actually said to you, uh, a comment you made last month. You said that half Donald Trump supporters are, quote, deplorables, racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic. You later said you regretted saying half. I wish she would just double down on it right here. I should have said 60 percent. How can you unite a country if you've written off tens of millions of Americans? Well, within hours, I I said that I was sorry about the way I I, um, talked about that, because my argument is not with his supporters. But at least she apologized. And with the hateful and divisive campaign that he has run and the inciting of violence at his rallies and the very uh, brutal kinds of comments about not just women. But all Americans, all kinds of Americans, except the white ones. And he kind of likes the white what ones. What he has said about African Americans and Latinos, about Muslims, about POWs, uh, about veterans, immigrants, about people with disabilities, people suffering from PTSD. He's never apologized for. And so I do think that a lot of the tone the, and the sad that pussies he has out said, there that I'm aren't being grabbed. The campaign that Bernie Sanders and I ran. We ran a campaign based on issues, not insults, and he I is supporting me a hundred percent. Thank you. Because we talked about what we wanted to oh, do. Oh, he we dragged you to the left. I love that. So, and we had a lot of debates. Thank you, but we believed that we could make the country better, and I was proud of that. I'll give you a minute. 20 we seconds. have a divided nation because you're driving away from divided Donald. nation. You look at Charlotte. You look at Baltimore. You look at the violence that's taking place in the inner cities, Chicago. You Why don't you just say black Washington, people? We have a problem with black people. We have a increase. That's kind of what you're saying, in Donald. Murder. Within our cities, the biggest in 45 years. We have a divided nation because people like her, Chicago and Detroit. She has tremendous hate in her heart. And when she said deplorables, she meant it. And when she said irredeemable, they're irredeemable. You didn't mention that. But when she said they're irredeemable, to me, that might have been even worse. She said some of them are. She's got tremendous hatred. And this country yeah, got cannot take for you, another four years of Barack Obama. And that's what you're getting with her. Mr. Trump, let me follow up with you. In 2008, I, I'm actually for that. If uh, she can actually get stuff past Congress, that'd be great. You wrote in one of your books that the most important characteristic of a good leader is discipline. You said you if a leader discipline. doesn't have it, quote, he or she won't be one for very long. In the days after the first debate, you sent out a series of tweets from 3 a.m. to 5 a.m., including one that told people to check out a sex tape. Is that the discipline of good? No, it wasn't check out a sex tape. (sighs) Donald. Donald. All of the tweets that are sent out are being, you know, they're being held. They're being put into the Library of Congress. This this is a database they're going to keep forever. You said at 5.30 a.m. on September 30th, did crooked Hillary help disgusting? And in parentheses, you said, check out sex tape and past Alicia M become a U.S. citizen so she could use her in the debate. No, there wasn't a check out of sex tape. No, there really was. You said check out sex tape. 
fucking idiot. The, this stuff is easily findable. We can read the research this stuff. There's video of you on Howard Stern saying stuff that we have the technology to bring this shit up by you saying, no, no, that never happened. No, that never happened. You're not doing yourself any favors. Just take a look at the person that she built up to be this wonderful uh, Girl Scout who was no Girl Scout. By the way, just so you understand, when she said three o'clock in the morning, take a look at Benghazi. What the fuck? Who's going to answer the call at three o'clock in the morning? Guess what? She didn't answer because when Ambassador Stevens. Question is, is that the discipline of a good leader? 600 times. Well, she said she was awake at three o'clock in the morning. And she also sent a tweet out at three o'clock in the morning. But I won't even mention that. But she said she'll be awake. Who's the famous thing? We're going to answer our call at three o'clock in the morning. Guess what happened? Ambassador Stevens, Ambassador Stevens sent 600 requests for help. And the only one she talked to was Sidney Blumenthal, who's her friend and not a good guy, by the way. So, you know, she shouldn't be talking about that. Now, tweeting happens to be a modern day form of communication. No I mean, you can like it or not like it. I have. Between Facebook and Twitter, I have oh. almost 25 million people. And how big is your it's dick? It's a very effective way of communication. So you can put it down, but it is a very effective form of communication. I'm not unproud of it, to be honest with you. I'm not unproud Mr. Clinton, of it. does Mr. Trump have the discipline to be a good leader? No. I'm shocked <laughs> Well, it's, it's, it's not only my opinion. It's the opinion of many others. Uh, national security experts, Republicans, former Republican members of Congress. But it's in part because those of us who have had the great privilege of seeing this job up close and know how difficult it is, and it's not just because I watched my husband take a $300 billion deficit and turn it into a $200 billion surplus, (laughs) and 23 million new jobs were created, and incomes went up for everybody, everybody. African-American incomes went up 33%. And it's not just because I worked with George W. Bush after 9-11. And I was very proud that when I told him what the city needed, what we needed to recover, he said, you've got it. And he never wavered. He stuck with me. And I have worked and I admire President Obama. He inherited the worst financial crisis since the Great Depression. That was a terrible time for our country. We have to move along. Nine million people Secretary lost their Clinton, jobs. We have to- Five million homes were lost. <laughs> Secretary and Clinton, we're moving on. dollars in family wealth was wiped out. We are and it went back the top on 1%. the right track. He would send us back into recession with his tax and plans. Secretary would. Clinton, we are moving to an audience question. We're almost out of time. We have, we have another. Mr. Trump, we're moving to an audience question. Nope, bullshit. Is, bullshit. Secretary Clinton, we want to get to the audience. We have Better, we have a better unemployment rate than we've ever had in a long time. We have another audience question. Beth Miller has a question for both candidates. Good evening. Perhaps the most important aspect of this election is the Supreme Court justice. What would you prioritize as the most important aspect of selecting a Supreme Court justice? We begin with your two minutes, Secretary Clinton. Thank you. Well, you're right. This is one of the most important uh, issues in this election. Um, I want to uh, appoint Supreme Court justices who understand the way the world really works. As long as it's not Mike Lee, I'll support you. Experience, Jason Chaffetz, who have not just been in a big law firm and maybe clerked for a judge and then gotten on the bench, but you know maybe they tried some more cases. They actually understand what people are up against because I think the current court has gone in the wrong direction. 
And so I would want to see uh, the Supreme Court uh, reverse Citizens United and get that would be great. accountable money out of our politics. Let's make it publicly funded. Donald doesn't agree with that. I would like the Supreme Court to understand that voting rights are still a big problem in many parts of yeah, our country. Everybody should be we don't de facto do everything we registered can to, to make vote. it possible for people of color and older people and young people to be able to exercise their franchise. I want a Supreme Court that will stick with Roe v. Wade and a woman's right to choose. And I want a Supreme Court that will stick with marriage equality. Hooray. Now, Donald has put forth the names of some people that he would consider. And among the ones that he has suggested are people who would reverse Roe v. Wade and reverse marriage equality. I think that would be a terrible mistake and would take us backwards. I want a Supreme Court that doesn't always side with corporate interests. Oh, that'd be nice. I want a Supreme Wouldn't Court it? that understands <laughs> because you're wealthy and you can give more money to something doesn't mean you have any more rights or should have any more rights than anybody else. You're goddamn right. So there. I have very clear views about what I want to see to time to change the balance on the Supreme Court. And I regret deeply that the Senate has not done its job and they have not permitted a yeah, vote Merrick Garland. on the person that President Obama, a highly qualified person. Over 200 days. Given him over a vote 200 days on this to thing. To have the full complement of nine Supreme Court justices. I think that was a dereliction of duty. Still is. Uh, I hope that they will see no, nope, they're not going to do it until it, you're, until you're in I office am, or he's in office. Uh, so fortunate enough as to be president, I will immediately uh, move to make sure that we fill that. We have nine Thank justices you, Secretary and we Clinton. Get to work on behalf of our people. Thank you. You're out of time, Mr. Trump. Justice Scalia, great judge. No, he was an asshole. Recently, and we have a vacancy. I am looking to appoint judges very much in the mold of no, Justice you Scalia. can't mold water. You, no, no, you judges, can't do that. He was a fat fuck that, you know, of them. so that people would see highly respected, highly thought of, Mike and actually on your list. very beautifully reviewed by just about everybody. Very beautifully reviewed. The fuck are you talking the constitution about? Constitution of the United States. And I think that this is so important. Also, the Second Amendment, which is totally under siege by. No, it's not. No, it's not. Respect the Second Amendment and what it stands for, what it represents. So important to me. Now, Hillary mentioned something about uh, contributions, just so you understand. So I will have in my race more than $100 million put in of my money. Wasn't Meaning this about I'm not Supreme Court justices? All of this big money from all of these different corporations like she's Why done. What I ask is, is this. So I'm putting in more than oh, by look, the time shiny it's finished, keys. I'll have more than $100 million invested. And you've made money off of it, too. Money. I've read We're the money for the Republican Party. And we're doing tremendously on the small donation, $61 average or so. I asked Hillary, why doesn't she make $250 million by being in office? She used the power of her office to make a lot of money. Why isn't she funding, not for $100 million, but why don't you put 10 or 20 or 25 or $30 million? 10 or 20 or 25 or 30 Make up your mind about which one you want her to donate. But anyway, uh, Hillary Clinton released her 2015 tax returns in August. Her and her husband, Bill, made $10.6 last year. And they paid more than a third of that to federal taxes and gave 10% to charity. Most of the Clinton's income comes from paid speeches and book sales. So after, over the past decade or so, the Clintons have made $150 million, not 250 And they've paid about a third of that in taxes. And they've given just about over 10% to charities. So 
you know, if you want to talk about them making $250 million, you might want to check your fucking sources, Donald, because you're wrong. Into your own campaign. It's $30 million less for special interests that will tell you exactly what to do. And it would really, I think, be a nice sign. Coming from the guy the that was American begging. You were begging for people to donate to your fucking campaign. You've been in office. Made a lot of it while you were Secretary of State, actually. So why aren't you putting money into your own campaign? Just curious. Well, Thank you very much. About, Thank you. We're going to get on to one more question. The question was about the Supreme Court, and I just want to quickly say. Very quickly. I respect the Second Amendment. But I believe there should be comprehensive background checks. Yeah, and we because should some people don't need guns. Loophole yeah. And close the online loophole. We have, we we have one more question, Mrs. Clinton. As we possibly can. We have one more question from Ken Bone about... Uh, Ken Bone. Ken? The Bone Man. What steps will your energy policy take to meet our energy needs while at the same time remaining environmentally friendly and minimizing job loss for fossil power plant work? Mr. Trump, too many. Absolutely. I think it's you such a great be, question because you can't be environmentally friendly and being a fossil fuel job. The EPA, Environmental Protection Agency, is keeping us alive, is killing these energy companies. Good, because they and don't need to be in business. Foreign then. companies are now coming in, buying our, buying so many of our different plants and then rejiggering the plant so that they can take care of their oil. They still have to follow the EPA fucking regulations. We are killing, absolutely killing our energy business in this country. No, no, we're doing all right, man. Alternative forms of energy, including wind, including solar. Speaking of stuff that we're doing all right, domestic oil and gas production has increased steadily under President Obama's time in office. The U.S. has been the world's leading producer of natural gas since 2011 and the top producer of oil since 2013. The Energy Information Administration says that gasoline prices averaged $2.25 a, a gallon last week, about $0.07 cents cheaper than a year ago, and about $0.20 cents less than what it was when Obama was in his office for the first year. We're doing all right, Donald. We really are doing fucking all right. Etc. But we need much more than wind and solar. And you look at our miners. Hillary Clinton wants to put all the miners out of business. There is a thing called clean coal. Coal nope. will last nope. for a thousand nope. years in this country. Now we have natural gas and so many other things because of technology. We have unbelievable. We have found over the last seven years, we have found tremendous wealth right under our feet. So good, especially when you have 20 trillion in debt. Yeah, but you don't want to kill your fucking entire planet. Our energy companies back. They'll be able to compete. They'll make money. They'll pay off our national debt. They'll pay off our tremendous budget deficits. Which no, are they'll just put in offshore holdings, you asshole. But we are putting our energy companies out of business. We have to bring back our workers. You take a look at what's happening to steel and the cost of steel and China dumping vast amounts of steel all over the United States. They are dumping it less than market value. killing our steel workers and our steel companies. We have to guard our energy companies. We have to make it possible. The EPA is so restrictive that they are putting our energy companies out of business. And all you have to do is go to a great place like West Virginia or places they're, like... They're going out of business because they can't compete financially with cheap natural gas. Natural gas is abundant. Coal is, takes a lot more fucking work than natural gas does. Ah. Ohio, which is phenomenal 
or places like Pennsylvania, and you see what they're doing to the people, miners and others in the energy business, and it's others. a disgrace. Your time is up. Thank you, it's sir. It's an absolute Shut disgrace. Secretary Clinton, two minutes. Well, that was very interesting. Um, first of all, China is illegally dumping steel in the United States, and Donald Trump is buying it to build his buildings, putting steel workers and American steel plants out of business. That's yeah, when you sell that something below cost, yeah. As a senator, and that I would have a, a trade prosecutor to make sure that we don't get taken advantage of by China on steel or anything else. You know, because it sounds like you're in the business or you're aware of people in the business. You know that we are now for the first time ever energy independent. Wrong. We still import about 9.4 million barrels of petroleum a day. But the good thing is it's not coming from the Middle East. It's coming from Canada. The Canucks got our back. We are not dependent upon the Middle East, but the Middle East still controls a lot of the prices. So That's the price true. of oil has been way down, and that has had a damaging effect on a lot of the oil companies, right? We are, however, producing a lot of natural gas, which serves as a bridge to more uh, renewable fuels. And I think that's an important uh, transition. We've got to remain energy independent. It gives us much more power and freedom than to be worried about what goes on in the Middle East. We oh, it'd be nice if we could just turn our back on the Middle East, wouldn't worry it? About that. So I have a can't. comprehensive no, energy policy, anybody, but it but really seriously. does include fighting climate change because I think that is a serious problem. And I support moving toward more clean, renewable energy as quickly as we can, uh, because I think we can be the 21st century clean energy superpower and create millions of new jobs and businesses. But I also want to be sure that we don't leave people behind. That's why I'm the only candidate from the very beginning of this campaign, who had a plan to help us revitalize coal country. Shocker. Coal Trump's doing better in coal mining countries and everything because it's a way of life to them. So lost their lives. They were injured, but they turned the lights on and they powered our factories. I don't want to walk away from them. So we've got to do something for them. But the price of coal is down worldwide. So we have to look at this comprehensively. And that's up. exactly what I have proposed. I hope you will go. Right now, coal is $40 a ton. And in mid-2008, before the recession hit, the price was $137. So it's gone down quite a bit. Entire policy. One we more have, audience question. We've sneaked in one more question. Oh, and one it more. Comes from Carl no, Becker. I want to go to bed. <laughs> My question to both of you is, regardless of the current rhetoric, would either of you name one positive thing that you respect in one another? Yeah, good luck with that one. Mr. Trump, would you like to go first? And he pauses for a long fucking time. Nope. Well, I, I certainly will, because uh, I think that's a, a very fair and important question. Look, I respect his children. I don't. I don't his like them at all. are incredibly able and devoted and i think that says a lot about donald i don't agree with nearly anything else <laughs> nearly he says, anything else does, he says <laughs> but i do respect that and i think that is something uh that as a mother and a grandmother is very important to me uh so i believe that this election has become in part so 
um, so conflict oriented, so intense, uh, because there's a lot at stake. <laughs> a this lot of people don't think so. This is not an ordinary time, and this is not an ordinary election. Definitely not, because look we who you have to going be against you. <laughs> Anybody else would be beating <laughs> for not just four or eight years, but because of some of the important decisions we have to make here at home and around the world, from the Supreme Court to energy and so much else. And so there is a lot at stake. It's one of the most consequential elections that we've had. And that's why I've tried to put forth specific policies and plans, trying to get it off of the personal and put it on to what it is I want to do as president. And that's why I hope people will uh, check on that for themselves so that they can see uh, that, yes, I've spent 30 years. Number five. Actually, maybe a little more uh, working to help kids and families. And I want to take all that experience uh, to the White House and do that every single day. Mr. Trump. Well, I consider her statement about my children to be a very nice compliment. I don't know if it was meant to be a compliment. Yes. But it is. A that's great. exactly what it's supposed my to be. Children. And. Uh, They've done a wonderful job, and they've been wonderful, wonderful kids. So uh, I consider that a compliment. Uh, I will say this about Hillary. She doesn't quit. She doesn't give up. Nope. I respect that. She's going to beat your ass I tell in the like election, too. <laughs> she's a fighter. I disagree with much of what she's fighting for. I do disagree with her judgment in many cases. But she does fight hard, and she doesn't quit, and she doesn't give up. And I consider that to be a very good trade. Thanks. Wow, it's that surprising. I want to thank both the uh, the candidates. I want to thank the uh, Oh, thank God I'm done with this one. Man. I'd let him keep on talking and everything, but it goes into the after show and everything. So, thanks for listening, guys. As you could see, uh Trump came up with a bunch of lies. I didn't have to fact check Hillary hardly at all. I don't know I maybe because I'm reading it from NPR, but usually they're pretty non-biased, but there you got it. That's the debate, and um, that's all you're getting out of me. It's been a good two hours. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, sorry it was only me tonight. I, I plan on getting other people, but you know, it's the middle of a holiday, beginning of a work week, so I'm all I got. If I'm the only one here, I will always record. Anyway, this is X, Utah Outcast. Talk to you guys later. Peace.
I'm Andy, and I started Harry's, the shaving company that's fixing shaving. At Harry's, we keep it simple. We make sharp, durable blades and offer them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We obsess over quality so much that we do crazy things, like buy a German razor blade factory. So give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover, all for only 3 bucks with free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5.